Hey guys, good morning. We'll just give it a few minutes for everyone to get in, but uh, yeah, definitely an exciting update today with everything going on with Terra and, and other stuff. So we'll get into it in just a minute. Chad, how's it going? Pretty good. I'm just uh, poking around with the space and stuff. I've never actually created a space before, I don't think. <laughs> so I'm trying to like familiarize myself with like the UI and just like clicking around on things. Yeah. Seems like you got it figured out. Look, looks looks normal. <laughs> you got you got me up as co-host right away, so all good. Maybe you can recode uh, Twitter Spaces in your spare time. Seems like it's pretty buggy sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty annoying. Is it like I hate it when the audio gets all like robot-y or whatever uh, as a speaker. It's really annoying. Yeah, that's super weird. And then like uh, how we were talking, like you can't host it from a desktop. Uh, so you either need like two phones if you want to do it from the main account or it's just kind of a mess. <laughs> but it is what it is. It's honestly, it's been like just so amazing for crypto Twitter as a whole, though, right? Like, I feel like spaces really took crypto Twitter to the next level. So I'm happy for it, even if it's a little buggy. Yeah, definitely. It's a good thing. It's like, the, and obviously, they just like, just straight up scraped it from from Clubhouse, right? Right, but it's pretty awesome. It allows you to connect with your, your community in, in a new kind of way, which is pretty fantastic. I, I'm sure they'll work out the bugs too. I mean, Twitter is a very smart company with a lot of smart engineers there, so just give it time. I'm sure they'll work out all the bugs. I mean, that just happens with software in general. Like, you, you build something, you launch it. It's always buggy in the, in the beginning, and you know, as it matures and it gets a little bit more hardened, and you know, totally. <laughs> Just like ThorChain. <laughs> Hardening Twitter spaces is the, the next uh, phase. Yeah. Well, they'll get it done. I'm sure they'll get it done. We got uh, how many here now? Uh, check. Yeah, it looks like almost 100. So we can probably just, uh, I'd say let's just get started. Um, yeah, let's just start with some intros. Um, Chad, you want to just give a quick introduction? Yeah, so uh, I'm Chad Barraford. I'm one of the uh, core devs on the project. Usually I'm doing this from my own Twitter account, but today uh, some people weren't available to get something kick-started kick on this account. So I'm just kind of filling in for now in this, this regard, but uh, looking forward for another potential marathon of all things that are changed. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Uh, I'm Chad Thoreau. Um, I do content and education for ThorSwap, uh, as well as just generally helping with the ThorChain community, like helping, like uh, host co-hosting these spaces and and stuff like that. Uh, just a Thor Chad who's excited about everything happening, so trying to trying to spread the messages. And um, <clears throat> these updates, yeah, they're every every Friday at this time, twelve Eastern. Uh, the recorded, you can always refer back. Basically, we'll just go through a handful of updates. Uh, I know everyone's excited about the Terra launch specifically. There's a few other things too. Uh, and then we'll just open it up to Q&A. And um, I'm sure we'll go down a million different rabbit holes. Uh, probably Thorfi <laughs> seems to be the hot topic uh, as of lately. So we'll def so definitely think up your, your Thorfi questions and any questions, really. Uh, beginner, any level, uh, we'll welcome all of that after we go through some of these core updates. So um, yeah, let's just let's just jump right in. So I think the first thing that's top of mind for everybody is Terra launch progress. So we're really in the home stretch here, but um, maybe uh, a little breakdown of like what the what these final steps are, like where we are in that in that process. You there, Chad? Yeah. Sorry, everything went just like haywire on my on my system all of a sudden. Oh, weird. Um, 
Yeah, so we, uh, as a community, we got the Terra client out there deployed, the daemon support as well. Um, that happened in the latest version of uh, 1.84, or no, 83, I think it was, 83. Um, and so that's been adopted as of like a few hours ago. And so at this point, what we're waiting for is um, effectively the, the treasury to wake up, uh, you know, because the time zone's not their time zone per se. And so <clears throat> once the treasury's up, um, you can go ahead and enable churning, which will, I think, will pretty much immediately start the churn process. And once the churn is uh, started successfully, it'll create terror addresses for all the Asgard uh, vaults. And then once we have that, we can uh, enable LP actions, which the treasury will, you know, uh, kind of kickstart the uh, Luna and UST pools. Um, and then once that's done, we can enable trading on uh, the terror chain for, you know, swapping and trading and stuff. The one caveat is, though, so people are just aware, is that uh, the Luna pool should be available uh, more or less immediately, but the UST has to go through like the, the pool churn process, which which happens like once every three days. So, um, and it just basically picks the pool that's the deepest and, and obviously UST will be the deepest by a good margin. So I'm not really worried about that part. But uh, so once you get Luna set up and run and, and trading and all this kind of stuff, uh, within three days, I'm not sure exactly how much time it is, but within three days, the UST pool will just kind of churn into the network and then UST will be um, available to trade as well. Awesome. Yeah, exciting. I'm looking at that uh, GitLab uh, checklist as well. People can find that. I'm pretty sure it was tweeted out from the main ThorChain account recently. Um, but yeah, you can kind of see like the exact breakdown of what needs to happen. And yeah, next up is that that manual churn. So um, yeah, and that's a great clarification about the UST pool. So so as of today, you know, probably a handful of hours, Luna pool goes live, and then the next normal churn uh, UST comes in and then, uh, business as usual at that point, which is going to be epic to see even as of today, just to be with Luna. I mean, that's already, you know, massive, but yeah, then UST will really seal the deal in a few days. Exciting. Cool. Um, yeah, like, uh, we, I'm sure we'll open it up to questions on, on this topic, but we can just kind of hit that as the update for now. But if people are in here that are like curious about exactly what that means, what you'll be able to do. We can definitely like dive in deeper into that stuff in Q and A. Um, let's just go to the pooled nodes uh, update, uh, which allows node operators to take in bond from like a small crew of trusted individuals. So, um, could you could you explain just like the importance of that and um, maybe like the security implication, like how that's still secure and um, just how we kind of expect that to amplify the bond wars, all that. Yeah. So the, the feature, uh, as you said, like allows multiple people. I think it, right now the limit is set to seven, which can be increased by a number of mirrors if people want to do that. But the idea is that like a, like a few of your friends run together to run a node and get churned into the network and start earning room on your room. Um, and so before you could do this before in some sense of like, you know, me and Chad Thoreau are friends and I give Chad Thoreau my rune and then he bonds into his node and then, you know, he pays me back later on whatever is owed to me relative to what I've contributed to this node versus what he's contributed. Um, but so the difference now is that like, I don't have to give my rune directly to Chad Thoreau anymore in this hypothetical. I can just give it to the node itself and the network will pay me back what I'm 
owed rather than Chad Thoreau coming me back when I'm owed. And so that makes things easier for Chad Thoreau. Like he doesn't have to worry about like doing the math correctly or not. It's already handled by the network itself. And in case there's some sort of like, you know, maybe some, just some like tax complications to that as well, potentially like, um, you know, he's paying me, I'm giving him services and he's paying me. Does that require some sort of like 1099 form or something? Like I have no idea. I'm not a tax person. But um, but that's another kind of thing to be considered of. But the one thing you have to be sure of, and I just want to make sure the community understands this is really important, is that in this hypothetical, like Chad Thoreau still has access to that Yggdrasil vault and access to those funds, and he can you know steal those funds, which will slash both of our bonds for that you know slash. So you both kind of lose to it, but he might end up becoming more profitable on the other side of it. So make sure that if you are doing this, that the, the person that's running the node that for you on, on your behalf is somebody that you know who they are, you know, you trust who they are. You don't think they're going to, you know, rug pull you and steal your room and all this kind of stuff. If that were to happen, you would lose some money. But the network would not. The network would be fine. So the network would make would slash people with the node what it's supposed to be slashed. And so the, the liquidity in the network will be just fine. Actually, technically it actually increases because somebody stole, you know, a thousand dollars and then it slashed $1.5,000. And so the network actually profits from that scenario technically. But the, but you as a bond provider to this node, like you're getting the shit end of the stick here. So just make sure you're not just like, you know, some random dude, hits you up on discord or Twitter or something like this and says, Hey, give me your rune and I'll run a node for you. And like you say, great, like, don't do that. That'll be a bad idea. So just to make sure people really understand this component. Yeah. Great to clarify that. Um, and, and a good warning that like, you know, I, I haven't seen anything, but I'm sure like, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw some scammy stuff start popping up, people trying to game that and, and pretend like it's legit, but yeah, important to realize there's still a trust component there. Um, but also better, so much better than like the other example you gave of where like, oh, we could have done this before, but it's just purely like, oh, I'll give you my rune. This kind of like programs it in in such a way. I believe like the operator uh, also kind of can, th there's like a set fee as well, right? Where they're kind of getting almost like a, like a management fee or something. Is that, does the node uh, choose that fee or? Yeah, right now it's a set fee of 20% based upon the conversations that we've had with various people who do note as a service in the in like the general space, including who, who are trying to get into this space. So right now it's set to 20% just for everybody. But in a future release or future you know code change, we can set that up so that people can change their um, their their like their yield that they earn, their their, their take, their their cut of the yield that the node generates. So Hypothetically, like the node operator itself can can just bond up with like one rune, right? And then everybody, all the other providers provide the, the, the real quantity of rune, and then they just take you know twenty percent of whatever's earned on this node via running the node. But I think maybe downstream we can make a code change so that people can um, individual node operators can so I want to do thirty percent, or I want to do five percent, or I want to do something else, and you can kind of negotiate with your with your providers what's a reasonable you know take. Got it. Yeah. So would it be like fair to say just for, for people that might want to like use this in some way, like the perfect candidate for this might be somebody that has the technical st skills uh, to run a node, um, doesn't have the full rune required to run their own, but might have 
a few really close friends that they could pull together and 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 make it happen. So the way I'm seeing it is that's kind of like the ideal um, sort of situation. Like maybe a few people, trusted people, uh, one one of them with the right tech skills uh, can come together and and pull their rune uh, in this way. So. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable use case, but it's also possible that um, that like like Bison Trails or, or or company right might start to offer this as a service right where they have kind of contracts. They're like an actual legitimate company that does notice a service for many different chains, and so maybe you're okay with using them if you don't have a, a technical friend who can do it on your behalf. Uh, because they're a company and you think it's a good company, you know, that the company's, you know, bullshit or whatever. And you can go ahead and take that, um, that approach if you, if you choose. Right. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll see that popping up. Uh, no doubt. Uh, though, like, as you said, there's, there's the limit on how many people, so they would still be, it wouldn't be like you would just throw a hundred rune in or something for, for this. It would be more like they, what they get. Did you say up to, what was it? Four or six people? Um, uh, I think it's six or seven. I can't remember off the top of my head which one it is. But that number is set by a Mimir, so it, it can be just arbitrarily increased. Mm -hmm. The reason why it's set to seven to start, or six to start, whatever the hell the number was, is because we, we didn't want to turn this into some sort of like mass thing. Because if, if you get into like a mass scenario where like I'm running a node and there's like 400 people contributing to it, it becomes, you know, it's hard to like properly KYC that from the user's perspective, like it just becomes uh, a bit overbearing in many respects. And so you kind of want to start small to begin with, you know, just you and your, you and your friends and, and just kind of keep it close knit. Um, that can be changed in the future. If you want to change it, increase it to, to 10 or 20 or higher, like that's, you know, it's arbitrarily it can be made as large as you really wanted it really. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see because yeah, like as that uh, like number scales higher, then there's just exponentially more individuals that could participate. Like if it's only five or whatever, then everyone's still going to be putting up fifty to a hundred thousand rune or something like that, which is still a pretty large amount. It's less than six hundred thousand, <laughs> but uh, yeah, in the future, that's that's cool to hear. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, and so I think the important piece of this is like this will really amplify the bond wars, right? Because now suddenly like um, a node can become like, like let's say a node has their 600,000 or whatever and the, and the bond wars are going up and they don't have the rune. They can kind of like recruit somebody potentially and st keep their node bonded in. So I would imagine this like is going to be a pretty strong factor uh, in the bond wars increasing security. Would you say that's likely? Yeah, I would say, I mean, it's, it's all the bond wars are already healthy right now. Like the bond wars, like I think the next turn yeah. um, was like I think like six hundred and forty thousand rune in order to get in, which is pretty nice, right? And eventually, I think it's very well possible, it maybe even likely that eventually it'll get to like a million rune to to be able to even churn into the network once the like the bond wars go on for long enough. Especially as more people are getting into the space, like there's a bunch of capital that's looking to, to run a node uh, or several, many nodes or several nodes from early investors. And they're, they're probably going to utilize this feature. A lot of them, like, you know, I know quite people who are, you know, big investors into the, into the room token, you know, early on and they have a, a good, you know, sizable bag, but they don't have the technical skill sets to actually, you know, run a node, nor do they really want to kind of take on that responsibility or, or kind of like work. 
And so this idea of being able to use this kind of pooled node thing kind of like opens up something for them, makes it a lot easier uh, of an on-ramp for them to get into this into this space. And so they have a bunch of capital and all of a sudden that's going to become available to run as a node for them uh, in a simple way. Um, and then all this, that will obviously cause, as like you were saying, like more bond wars, right? And more the bonds is going to naturally be pushed up, up, up uh, for, you know, nodes who are running uh because right now, I think a lot of people who are validators, I think a couple of them are like maybe running two nodes. It's, uh, they'll probably be forced to, to shrink their two nodes into one node, right? Because the bottom is pushing it up so high that, that they can't afford two nodes now. And so they have to be pushed into one. And so like that will just further increase the bond wars in many respects. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think this is going to like really make a big difference. Um, by the way, to people requesting, just just uh, stay requested. Uh, we'll we'll get to everyone uh, all the questions after we kind of just get through uh, two more updates or so. Um, so just hang tight, and we'll start bringing everyone up. Uh, let's talk about uh, now that Tara is essentially here. Um, what's the next big thing on the agenda? Like, what is the what is your focus or the the core teams uh, core devs focus uh, going to be over the next like? several weeks or a month or so um what's kind of top of the list post terra good question um so now that we've done the hard fork there's going to be i think some, some kind of code cleanup happening for for non-exciting stuff it's like code cleanup um uh, like squashing the old code that's no longer needed in the network in the code anymore old versions of the code code like linting some things blah blah, blah like a bunch of small work like this um for more interesting stuff uh, the next is probably going to be uh, a few different things. One is uh, Thor names could possibly come out very soon. The work is already done in that regard. It's just, it's just a question of getting it tested and released uh, and, get, and get that kind of kick-started. Um, the other thing is uh, IBC integration. So being able to send out um, Rune to other assets, uh, sorry, other uh, chains. But not synthetics. The synthetics will stay local to ThorChain. Uh, we want to keep sure, make sure that those synthetics are used primarily for uh, arbit um, to arbitrage the pools. Uh, and then after that, it is uh, Dex aggregation, which is going to be really exciting to see and allowing um, ThorChain to swap out to another Dex, which could be one inch or Paraswap or Astroport or you know maybe even Osmosis or whatever. And so you can start, you know, in a, in a you know short tail asset like Bitcoin, and then get to some random long tail asset like you know, uh, Link or AUST, you know, in a single transaction, um, which would be pretty awesome to see that when that happens. And then after that, I think the, the probably the big thing that I'm thinking about uh, is Thorfi stuff, which we'll get to more details on that later. But then it's like kind of sprinkled amongst all that is also just going to be more chain clients, right? And that might be Gaia, that might be Zcash, it might be Secret Network, it might be, uh, I don't know what it's going to be exactly, which is just a question of which team is that's currently working on their chain client is going to finish more or less first along other um, attributes. But that's another thing that's been kind of an ongoing process. Yeah, exciting. There's just so much in the pipeline. It's like, really just uh shipping season like like you kind of mentioned doing uh some non-exciting things and like you guys have always been pushing so hard but like now it's cool to see the the 
forward, like the consumer facing stuff is, is, uh, all kind of happening and coming together, which, uh, which is awesome. And, uh, you touched on Thor name service. I'll just drop like a little hint is look at the main net checklist, uh, and just, uh, just notice what has not been checked off of that list yet. <laughs> and uh, that might get people excited uh, about another uh, timeline. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then you mentioned, so you mentioned Thorfy, which I'm sure people will have questions about, but the, uh, the doc was revealed uh, this in, in this past week, which was really exciting to start see, to start uh, see the broader community get to get access to this infamous, uh, PDF. <laughs> so, um, yeah. How do you feel about like, I don't know, just like the, the response has anything interesting come up? Um, wh- how do you feel about like the reception to, to Thor five more broadly so far? Um, yeah, it's been, I think mostly over, it's been mostly positive, I'd say, but I think for a lot of people, it just takes some time for most people, vast majority of people, it takes some time to comprehend it. I mean, you have to kind of like deprogram yourself in the way that you think about DeFi to, to think this new like idea. It's almost like somebody says, oh, hey, I invented this car. And then like someone comes up and says, well, well, where do I feed it? Grass, you know, <laughs> like I feed my horse grass. Where do I feed the car grass? And you're just like, no, 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 it's not grass. It's completely different. <laughs> 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 it's a bit like that sometimes and like lines of questions that people are asking because some of the assumptions have to be kind of rewritten in your in your brain in order for it to actually comprehend and make sense um but yeah yeah i think that's the interesting part right is like the the visceral reaction of oh this is impossible like this kind of breaks the paradigm of what's already been done but that's the exact same thing that the thorchain team has like been pushing from from the very beginning right like just this whole concept of even uh cross-chain uh swapping was really like the same response initially right i mean it was like that's impossible you can't do that that'll never work um so it's kind of like it almost feels like v2 of that in a way yeah for sure like I, i remember people kind of um uh like in the beginning people thought that cross-chain was going to be this big thing. And like, like this is years ago of being able to cross-chain swaps. And everybody thought like atomic swaps were going to be like the avenue of success in this regard, which ended up just being a, a complete waste of time. Like, nope, there were a bunch of atomic swap DEXs that were created and none of them had any trade volume whatsoever for a whole host of reasons. But, um, and so everybody just kind of started to think about like, when they th- thought about cross-chain, they kind of just stuck to like the EVM world because there's something programmable within an EVM that you can actually program and, and, and do something. You can't really do that within like a UTXO chain, for example, um, or a crypto note chain, chain or many of the uh, chain styles out there. And so, but we, we were, we were as a project, we didn't want to be, uh, we didn't want to, we wanted to solve the whole problem, not just kind of like, oh, well, like we'll halfway solve it and just support these, you know, handful of EVM chains. Uh, we want to make sure that we actually solve it on, on like holistically speaking and, and completely solve the issue. And to this day, like everybody who comes out, you know, with a cross-chain kind of like competitor to Thorchain and someone else, like they're still just, you know, going for the lower hanging fruit, easier path of just solving the EVM chains uh, and not trying to solve like the larger issue. Like the larger. And so there was a lot of kind of uh, 
um, the questions in the beginning, like, well, how is it, how is the funds maintained and who owns those funds and like how decentralized are you running all the nodes and blah, blah, blah. And like and people couldn't believe that like, oh no, it's anonymous individuals, you know, controlling hundreds of millions of dollars without any ability to steal, which is economically secured and, and uh, proven in a sense. And so like, that was like a big kind of took a lot of people to get their brains beyond that. And even today, I think some people still haven't quite wrapped their brains around it to some degree, to be honest with you. Uh, but like, what's a project we've always been just like, let's think about from a first principles perspective, what is it that we want to achieve? And forget about whether or not people think it's possible or not. Let's explore the idea. And maybe we'll, you know, we'll hit a wall and we'll be able to solve it. And maybe we'll, we won't. And we'll figure out a solution that is that quite economical. Yeah, totally. And that's also a good uh, thing to throw out to the community is, you know, if you are digging through this doc and you, you know, just to try to poke holes in it, if you uh, are one of those people that can really game theory this stuff out, uh, that's kind of like what this phase is for. Um, and and yeah, like similar with like explaining the security and stuff like that. I think over time, we just need to like, uh, tighten up like the the explanation, right? It's like, with with uh with the security it's like oh nodes bond more than they secure it's like okay kind of like simplified it whereas like right now with like no liquidations it's like well what do you mean um that the the protocol can just like be quote unquote like underwater on the collateral um and be okay with that so it'll kind of like it'll it'll take some time probably to to figure out like you know how do we just immediately make people kind of understand like the like kind of like the bold um like not like 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 the non-neutral sort of stance that Thorchain has in this right which is that it's it's basically shorting the dollar by taking that position which is really like an exciting piece of it i think um i'm starting to pull up some some questions so or audience members so if anyone else uh feel free to just like request we can uh questions about anything you know basic Thorchain, uh terra integration thorfi uh, anything goes but Let's see. I think uh, Marx is connected unless. Yeah. Well, first off, uh, applaud you for your efforts. Thanks for everything you guys are doing. Um, the question that I had is in terms of messaging. I know when you put out the Dodge chain launch, um, you had a coordinated effort with one of the, I think it was either Cointelegraph or Coin Bureau. Um, but are you anticipating doing something similar to kind of bring broader awareness to the Terra launch? Um, well, so that stuff is not handled by the core protocol or the core team. Um, we kind of made a determination early on that that um, we as the core develop, developers of the core protocol don't really think about marketing in, in that sense. We just provide value. And then the UIs that integrate with us, you know, like ThorSwap, for example, they can make out uh, some publicity announcements about to, on Cointelegraph or whatever that, oh, you know, Thorstop now supports Terra or Doge or like whatever. Um, but we don't have any marketing people at all within the, the core team. It's a very small team of like really like eight people or so or something like this, like eight or nine people, I think. Almost every single one of them are engineers. Um, like it's, it, I think everybody except for one is an engineer. It's like one project uh, manager kind of person. Everybody else is contributing code. And so we don't have any marketing people. We don't think about marketing at all, to be honest with you. We just kind of uh, build something that is revolutionary in its own right, which gardeners, uh, you know, support and, and, and 
people like yourselves to become fans of and then tweet out. And so it's, you kind of subscribe to more of like a, a grassroots kind of mentality of marketing rather than some sort of top down, you know, like some of these chains out there, like, like Algorand, for example, like I, my friend is like the, I think the director of marketing there or something like this. And like the, the marketing budget is huge and they spend massive amounts of money and do all sorts of stuff. And I mean, it, it works for some, I suppose, but you know, Bitcoin didn't really have a, a, a marketing team behind it. It just, it had marketing, but it wasn't done by, you know, Satoshi. It was done by the community as a whole. And that's, I think we're kind of following that mentality. Yeah, okay. just to add to on that, though, um, well, yeah, the, the core team is, you know, building. Uh, there are, like, so many teams building around ThorChain, right? Like, we're, like, Nine Realms has brought a crazy level of professionalism to it. So what you saw coordinated with the, with the Doge launch was um, essentially, like, the first of a more co coordinated uh, push. So um, that was like the, that was like the trial run. So I would definitely, you know, like, I don't know, like what's official, what's not, whatever, but like, I would absolutely expect there to be more of a coordinated push uh, with help of nine realms, with help of um, all the interfaces and apps, like, like Thor swap, like other, um, other community projects and stuff like that. Uh, we'll definitely be putting out all sorts of content and tutorials and explainers and, you know, trying to get press and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, good, good to just like, I think it's actually great that the core team is not uh, worried about that. <laughs> you know, I actually think that's a huge, a huge pro, but it is something the community, uh, you know, thinks is important. And um, yeah, like, that's what that's kind of like what we all can do just as community members here, uh, as well as the various apps and interfaces and uh, teams like nine realms. So yeah, for sure. Let's see, uh, blockhead. How's it going? Hey, hi. Uh, just wondering about the Thornam service. Like, if I um, <clears throat> if I go on the website, like it says uh, the pre-register ended, and so is that uh, like how would I, uh, someone who didn't pre-register, be able to uh, get my hands on Thornam services? Yeah. Well, once it launches, you can go ahead and register whatever name you want at that point. Uh, the pre-register was just more of like like. We'll give free Thor names to the community, the kind of the early adopters, if you will, uh, and just just to ensure that they can, you know, they don't get like rug pulled in the sense of somebody else buys, you know, Chad Thoreau, for example, and then tries to like gouge Chad Thoreau on that on the pricing on that or something like this. And so we kind of gave the community that ability kind of in the early days, and we and all even all that code is already written to to kind of like create those. Uh, those store names and associate the correct store addresses. Uh, but yeah, once the feature actually launches, you can just go ahead and register whatever name you want to register, and then you can use that as your as your personal store name. Okay, great, thanks. Cool, uh, Raphael, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? Um, so I just have like two questions in regarding um, Thorchain. Um, the first question is kind of like half related to Thorchain and like half related to like tax purposes. So just to give you like a little bit of background, like I figured out like the way to like get native rune is through um, uh, using like the XD5 wallet and then using ThorSwap to um, get the rune. But um, my concern is, is like, how can I download like a transaction history or like deposit withdrawal history for like those type of transactions where um, I get into rune for like tax purposes? Do you know? 
Uh, I remember seeing, I forget who put this out, but I have it saved somewhere. Uh, maybe I can, you can DM me or maybe I can tweet it out later. But I saw a community member put together something that allowed you to export like all your transactions just like in a uh, spreadsheet. Um, I haven't seen, I don't know if any of like the more organized tax services have uh, integrated with ThorChain yet, but I would imagine stuff like that is, is coming. But um, yeah, as of now, what I've seen is, is this one way of exporting it, but I, I forget who it was or what it, the name was. Is this regarding XDeFi wallet? Uh, well, so th this is regarding, I I'm referring to like refer uh, like any ThorChain transactions, basically. Like, uh, you know, so if you were doing swaps via XDeFi, those are swaps through ThorChain. So you'd be like exporting that, like any of the swaps tied to tied to those addresses and stuff like that. So whether it was so XDeFi... You're saying the history is not going to come from XDeFi wallet. Like the history is going to be all on ThorChain. Is that what you're saying? Well, the history is on is on various chains, right? Like like XDeFi isn't like custodial for that. Like if you do the swap within XDeFi, you do the swap within ThorSwap. Like either way, that's like a, a ThorChain transaction, right? So I think it would just be pulling like all of your ThorChain transactions. It wouldn't... Like, I don't know if XDeFi is offering something that would like only pull the transactions you're doing within their wallet, like possibly if they were wanting to do that. But I, I don't think that's a thing right now, at least. Oh, OK. OK. Yeah, I, I think it'd be easy for somebody in the community. I'm not, not sure if this would be ThorSwap or some anybody in the community could build this where um, you put in your a series of addresses, like your Bitcoin address, your Thor address, your Ethereum address, whatever. And then it just queries you know, Midgard to get all the transaction histories of every swap you've done on every day and how much you sold, how much you bought, how much you maybe how much you paid in fees or whatever it might be. And then just collects it into um, like a CSV file of some kind. And then you can import that into uh, a tax document uh, that is appropriate for whatever country you're a part of. And all that data is available, you know, so and Midgard has it all for you. So you just got to have this, the correct queries and get, get the information. So it'd be pretty easy for somebody to build a, like a tax UI, like ThorChainTax.com or something, whatever. And then just, you know, it produces that kind of that transaction history of all your trades and swaps. And then even might include like your ad liquidities and withdrawal liquidities too. Like that's another tax thing to be kind of cognizant of, you know, so you can probably include that stuff and in, that information as well. It'd be kind of an interesting project for someone who wants to take that on in the community. Yeah. As we, as we keep going, I'm going to try to find this tweet. It was a couple months back. So, but if I find it, I'll, I'll uh, pin it in the space, uh, like right above the speakers. So might circle back to this in a few minutes if I can find it. Um, but yeah, I'm sure stuff like that will, will pop up more. So let's go to, uh, Zane. Oh, I had one more oh, question before. Um, get, could I could I ask that? Yeah, sure. Sure, go ahead. Yeah. Um, the other question was: Is there like any um, like is there any like um, not disadvantages, but is there like any concern uh to holding the like the BEP rune or the um uh, the ERC token um for rune rather than holding the native rune? Like, is it possible like they completely remove that from exchanges, or no? Um, exchanges will probably not remove it anytime soon. I mean, I don't know why they would, uh, not that I speak for on the behalf of other exchanges out there. Um, there might be a, a, a drive at some point, and I, we might add this into the code at some point, like that, what we call the kill switch. And then the, the node operators can choose to turn it on. Whenever the node operators choose to turn that on, when you start to 
the the one to one ratio between BEP2 ruined and native ruined starts to change where you get instead of one to one, you get one to zero point nine or one to zero point eight or something of this nature. Um, and so that just to kind of start the process of kind of kicking people over to the native assets. So um, I mean, unless there's a real reason to be holding BEP2 room that <clears throat> you want, maybe because you like the UI better of some Binance, I don't know, whatever that reason might be, um, I would just start swapping over and uh, and holding native room. It's more useful anyway. Okay. So basically, it's, it's not really like any type of concern, right? Is what you're saying. Um, not, not really. Just, um, you know, if you're holding those assets, don't log into various websites and give up your private keys or for ERC twenties, don't don't start like you know signing ships. Just be careful. Just basic stuff, really. Okay, got it. Thank you so much. Also on that uh, tax question, I just pinned the the tweet I was referring to. Um, I, I haven't personally used it or vetted it, so you know, do your own research with that. But uh, seems pretty cool, and and sounds like it basically does uh, what we're referring to. Hi, uh, thanks. I'm gonna Gordon, sir. Hey, uh, sure. Go ahead. Hello. Yeah, we can hear you. Do you have a question? Uh, sir, I'm in India, and nowadays in India, uh, the government uh, proposed for thirty uh, percent tax on crypto. Crypto. So, can you tell me about uh, if you have a decentralized wallet so that I am uh, uh, does not uh, pay the crypto tax to India? If you have any uh, decentralized wallet. Uh, do you mean just to take self-custody of Rune? Uh, sir, I don't want to pay the 30% tax to Indian government. Uh, and actually, I want a decentralized wallet that doesn't uh, pay the tax to Indian government. If you have any uh, decentralized wallet. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of up to you how you how you handle your, your, your tax situation and whatnot. We can't really, I don't think it's really our place to give you tax advice but you know when you have crypto in your own self-custody wallet and off of an exchange then it's kind of on you to you know everything is still public and transparent but uh you know that the kind of like the a big point of crypto is to get it off of exchanges so you can have full control of it uh still legally are having to pay taxes <laughs> but uh, that's kind of that's kind of up to up to your uh way of navigating that so Okay, okay, okay. I understood. Thanks. Cool. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Let's go to Zane. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Uh, appreciate that. And this is not a tax question. Uh, this is a liquidity pool question. Um, so I deposited some Bitcoin and Ethereum recently, but it's still in, in, in Tor 5. It's basically still in the stage of like a pending pool. And even like if I look at it, it's been taking a couple of days. I just wanted to know how, like, what is the usual timeline for pools to be like it's a deposit and like show up in your pools? Typically, like, you know, for Bitcoin to be more or less 10 minutes, 20 minutes, something like this, not days. Right. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the, the issue that I've been having. I just didn't know if like this has happened before. And if you guys knew like what I could do because it's just stuck on the pending stage. And so. Yeah, I is it, be able to. Is it saying to complete the other side? Like, for example, like did the Bitcoin go in, but it's saying you have to deposit the rune? Uh, maybe it's maybe it's just waiting for the second transaction. Mm, maybe so. I deposit the Bitcoin. It says the Bitcoin's in, but like 
when it says add rune, um, it says the transaction. We're not letting you go forward to the transaction because it'll likely fail. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Are you doing this on ThorSwap? Yes. I would say to just uh, jump in the ThorSwap Discord and open a support ticket. There's a uh, 24-7 support, and they'll definitely like walk you through, figure out uh, exactly what's going on there. But yeah, usually usually it's pretty much right away. So okay, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure they'll have an easy fix for you. But yeah, okay, cool. Thanks for the help, guys. For sure. Let's go, uh, Thor Anon. Ah, interesting that my name is still showing up that way. <laughs> I've uh. I've changed it to show something else right now, but that's beside the point. Um, my question was related to, uh, in the past, um, they've been messaging around Thorchain supporting 200 to 300 node operators, um, but kind of now there's more discussion around bond wars at the 120 node um kind of count it has something changed or is there an update that would unlock the higher node operator count that we're waiting on uh there's no like change it's being wait waiting on like the code is, is available to do it like today if people wanted to do it today um i think if people want to go to 120 or, or, or larger then it just requires the node operators to, to vote and, and make that happen I think part of maybe what the resistance to doing so at this stage is that um, with every new validator you add to the network, you know, going from 100 to 120, everybody's getting um, the same amount of like yield despite how much they bond. And so like you're getting a smaller kind of slice of the pie, right, as a, as a validator of the network. And, it, and in this moment, because the... Um, uh, cause the incentive pendulum is so much on the side of the pools, the nodes, the node yield isn't like, you know, overwhelmingly amazing, right? It's like all that yield is going towards the, so a lot of it, part of it is going to the pools and the pools are making like, you know, crazy high yields right now, um, which that might change as part of like the terror integration today where a bunch of people are going to add liquidity, which is going to push the incentive pendulum back towards the nodes and they'll start earning, you know, a higher yield and, and like all that kind of stuff. So uh, there's nothing, nothing really waiting for as a, as a project other than just node operators voting to, to move it to you know some higher number okay great that's a good data point to have um a, kind of a separate question i i realized the update to um the ledger app is is uh waiting on ledger approval um but some transactions appear to at least be possible still um, using Ledger on ThorChain, it, is it currently possible to add to a liquidity pool from a Ledger right now, um, symmetrically? Uh, should be. Yeah, I've done it actually since the since the update. Uh, yeah, Chad, go ahead. I don't know if you have more technical understanding. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, yeah, just the, yeah. As far as I know, like yeah, they had to update like the chain ID stuff like that, but uh, should all be working. I think the app, if you're installing it for the first time. Uh, was hidden for a bit. I'm not totally sure of the status on that, but if you already have the app, you should be totally good to go. I've I've definitely done that myself uh, with no problems. I think there was a few days where XDefi was um, a little behind on on their update. Um, I'm pretty sure that's been taken care of at this point. Um, but I, I I was connecting Ledger directly to ThorSwap, and and that was working as of like a few days ago. So. 
Okay. Since the merge, I haven't been able to send uh, native rune from one ledger wallet to another um, using the Thor swap interface, kind of a direct connect ledger connection. Um, I would get an error message and, and they assumed it was related to the uh, ledger app itself. Um, on the, But uh, good to know that it, at least for you since the merge, um, the uh, LP activity has still worked. Hmm, yeah, not not too sure about that, but uh, it sounds like you might already be uh, talking to support. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that'll get sorted. But yeah, hopefully, <laughs> not too sure. All right, thank y'all. Cool. Let's go to Mr. Dollar Signs. Hey, uh, can you guys hear me? Yep. Okay. Perfect. Hey, uh, first off, thank you guys so much uh, for letting me ask you questions. Uh, big geek on Thor, excited for the technology and what it means. I, I think it's more of a philosophical movement in finance, and I'm very excited about it. I was listening to, uh, oh, thank you, uh, the chat last night, and I actually have two questions. Um, so for me, the thing on cryptos is if you own your own your own wealth, you become a sovereign person. And then, in theory, you can almost be sort of a sovereign uh, individual, so to speak. And uh, I, and what I, I love about Rune is it's not it's a decentralized tool to swap between different assets without a person in the middle. And so, what I wanted to ask you, uh, someone asked about Monero, and um, I know that sometimes within this community that is a that's a point of discussion. Um, I love this romantic idea of being a bankless person that just goes everywhere. Um, and I'm curious is how much of a, is, is that a priority to find, I mean, they were explaining last night how it's very difficult to make that happen, but is that a priority, uh, to figure out a way to, uh, have Monero swaps on ThorChain? And then the other question I have is, um, you know, I, I imagine that um, there's a degree of anonymity that is always needed to be maintained with a project like Thor. And um, I'm curious, are have you guys been dealing with um, outside pressures, governments, regulations, or uh, anything like that? And uh, yeah, that's my question. Love the project. Um, Keep doing what you're doing. I really appreciate it. Yeah, sir. Uh, first question about Monero. So um, before we do Monero as a project, um, I think what's probably going to happen first is Haven. And Haven has a fork of Monero. And the Haven team has already been working on it for many months now. I'm just getting the chain client working with, with Haven, which is a very difficult task. And they've been doing a really good job kind of, kind of getting through it all. It's looking like it's, it's, there's still a bunch more work to do, but it's looking like I think we've got, we solved all the hard problems of how to get it actually to work and function. At least in theory, that's true. And so I think we're getting, we're getting closer for sure, but there's still a bunch of work to be done. Um, once we have Haven done, then we can start to turn our, that, that code and turn it towards Monero. But the problem with Monero that Haven doesn't have is that Monero limits the byte size of the memo 
um, in, in, Monero, in Monero to be like 16 bytes, which is very, 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 very tiny. And so uh, in order to be uh, practical, to be able to, to transact, we need to be able to stuff like 100 bytes, 130 bytes worth of data in 16 bytes of space. Uh, and there's some, like, there's some concepts internally about how we can accomplish that. Um, if we have some ideas how, that, how that's practical and possible. But um, it's gonna it's gonna take some time to get there for sure. Uh, I think we'll have I think we'll see Monero on the chain at some point in the future. When that timeline is gonna be, it's nearly impossible for me to say. But I'm hoping uh, in 2022. And oh, most likely, yes, sir, go ahead. I was just gonna say, and most likely another privacy or even multiple, probably more likely before Monero, but definitely still in the works. And then yeah, the other question was on uh, regulatory pressure, I believe. Right. Uh, so then other projects like Zcash and Secret Network, um, they are easier to implement on ThorChain because they don't have privacy built into the, the like the secret token, for example, is not a privacy token itself. And so because of that, it's a lot easier to interface with, than, you know, Monero, which is privacy by default. So you just bring signatures and all this kind of uh, cryptographic jazz in a sense. Uh, so we'll likely to see Zcash and, and maybe Secret Network on the network before uh, Haven or, or Monero, but we'll get a bunch of them on for sure. Uh, and regulatory pressures, like uh, I, at this time, I had not heard of from or had any contact or communication with anybody uh, in any regulatory sense or government sense at all. I think we're just, we're way too small potatoes at this time uh, to, to, you know, warrant such a kind of, uh, a talk. I think they're probably aware of us because I I do know the one thing I do know is that um, that at one point Shapeshift had a conversation with their regulatory people because they've had a relationship with them for like years and years and years. And at one point Shapeshift had a conversation with them saying, "Okay, we're we're gonna like you know no longer have relationships with you anymore. We're gonna switch this thing called Thorchain, and we're gonna like you know decentralize ourselves entirely." And so you know goodbye. And that must have been a kind of a funny conversation to be to be a part of, uh, but like so, they're probably at some awareness that we exist, but probably don't really care because we're such small potatoes in terms of the trade volume and, and this kind of stuff. Like it's, it, they're more focused on, on on bigger fish to fry in many respects. Um, not to mention that they're probably more focused on um, rather like regulatory changes, like enforcement is kind of, you know, criminality is what I think they're more focused on right now than, than coming up with regulatory changes to, to regulate something like a ThorChain or something like um, something else out there. So uh, I haven't heard anything yet. I'm sure it will happen at some point in the future, um, probably not even over the next couple of years, to be honest with you, but you never know. And by the way, and if, we, if we end up adding something like Monero, like you were saying, then that might change that, right? Because once we integrate with the privacy chain like Monero, I think you know state agencies are very much interested in, in the transactions that are happening within Monero, and you know so that might put us on their radar earlier if we were to add something like Secret Network or Zcash or Monero or any of these things. So it's another thing for the community to, to consider. Oh, of course, and uh, I, I just want to clarify: I wasn't trying to. Um put put you guys on the spot or, or anything like that um i'm just very fascinated on the prospect that you know thor thor is the first tool that i've seen that allows you in a permissionless fashion trust 
you know, uh, purchase cryptocurrencies and easily swap into stable coins. And, you know, we're seeing these movements around the world where either Bitcoin or, or certain stable coins are being used to facilitate transactions. So I really see this possibility and I'm putting a lot of money on it that Thor will be an everyday part of life for so many people. Um, if, if there was an integration of privacy, I don't, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that, and people that want privacy is, is, a is a nefarious thing. Uh, but you know, I think everybody is entitled to some privacy and some degree of freedom and anonymity. And, you know, it's weird when you use your bank account, you're always being watched. I don't know how anybody can be comfortable with that idea, you know? Um, so anyways, that's just my thought. I really appreciate your technology. I think it's getting, it's not getting nearly as much praise as it deserves. This can really, beyond just making every single person on this chat exorbitantly wealthier, you know, it's, it's really creating an impact on so, so many people around the world. And, and that's what cryptocurrency is about. It's more than just gains. So I, I greatly appreciate what you do, you know, and, um, you know, just keep it up. The world is going to be a better place. I think Thor Chain is part of that story. Anyways, I'll leave the floor for someone Love else. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, that's why we're all here. Uh, speaking of privacy, let's go to Secret Ninja. Yeah, hey, congrats on the Terra integration. Really excited about this one. Um, I was just wondering, since you said that UST is not available for trading right away, um, when are we able to LP for the UST pool? LP you can do almost immediately. Just trading won't be available. So as soon as the pool gets created, um, the treasury will do that later today. Uh, at that point, you can you could add your you know your funds into it, uh, and then within three days later, trading will be enabled on that on that pool. When trading's not enabled yet, and that like, what about like, do you have to be more careful with like? I mean, there's no kind of uh, like, how's the price rebalancing or like, do you have to be kind of more careful in that stage? Um, not particularly like, so you can't trade to, to correct the pool price, but you can, you can like add liquidity and withdraw liquidity, right? So you could like um, add liquidity to the pool and then single side withdraw, right? And then that you can actually change the pool price via add liquidity and withdraw liquidity. And, and some R bots actually do do this uh, for stage pools. Um, so which, which they, maybe they're going to do that up here. Um, the one thing that people should be aware of, actually, thank you for reminding me, is that like ILP doesn't start until the pool is active, right? And so if you jump in now and then there's a bunch of IL that happens, like the, the, you won't get ILP protection for, for those three days that you were in the network at all. And so it's something to consider, right? So um, you can still jump in now, whatever, and that's fine. You just like your, your 100 days don't start until the pool becomes active, then the 100 days starts at that point. So if I provide my UST and rune now, and I will have, I don't know, 25% impermanent loss during do those two days, um, will I be made whole after 100 days still, or just when the, when the impermanent loss protection starts working? Uh, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head um, in the code, but I think how it works is it just 
that um, that your impermanent loss protection starts when the pool becomes available. So if you put it in today, you'll get no ILP over the next three days, and then the pool becomes enabled or for available for trading, and then a day later you get like one percent protection, and another day later you get another percent protection. So you still get you still get protected in the end. You just have to be in for 103 days instead of 100 days to get 100% in this case. All right. Thank you very much. Really appreciate your work. Cool. Let's go to Amit. Hi, guys. Uh, this is Amit. appreciate your work and uh, thank you for taking my question. Hopefully, it's an easy and quick one. Um, I remember around Q3, Q4 last year, uh, there was a guidance of converting your uh, bnb dot rune to native rune but in small quantities first and then uh, uh, maybe it was to relieve congestion on the network my question is that now when if we are converting any bnb dot rune to native rune are there any uh, such guidance that we should be aware of um not particularly uh, just you can go ahead you can sw switch whenever you feel like it, or if you don't want to switch, you can also just <clears throat> swap your BNB, your, your BAP2 rune to BNB and swap the BNB to, to native rune and do that as well. Whatever course of action you want to take. Well, does that, uh... Hello. Hey. Can you hear me, sir? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, sir. I have one question. Actually, around uh, two or three months ago, I had been with Phantom Community. I invested my whole money to Phantom, but uh, around uh, one month ago, I heard that Andre Kronje, the official partner of Phantom DeFi, could leave the crypto space. He's a key person, uh, you know, he is the key person of the Phantom DAO. After that, I lost my trust of Phantom blockchain. After that, I analyzed uh, about Thorchain. I appreciate that the team behind the Thorchain is very dedicated. And the way you guys are doing for Thorchain community is very interesting. So I uh, invested my whole money to Thorchain and I believe that it is, will be the best decision of mine. I trust to the Thorchain team, so I want to ask you one thing. Am I uh, did wrong or right? Uh, I mean, you're kind of just asking like financial <laughs> questions. Like, I, I think we should... <laughs> try to keep these questions a little yeah. bit more to like how do i how do i use thorchain how does stuff work what's coming but you know obviously we're all in it because we think this is a really important project for for crypto we think that there's interesting value capture uh you know interesting tokenomics um so obviously on a personal level i you know i'm bullish i think we kind of all are but i don't <laughs> think anyone can tell you anyone can tell you for sure what's going to happen you know like yeah, like Rune is still going to be correlated to dumb stuff on the news and media and what Bitcoin does. Docs, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. the hell, right? So, like, nobody can really be certain, but, um, you know, do your own research, not financial advice. But uh, we definitely believe that this is, like, important technology and, uh, you know, it, it helps, helps uh, the entire crypto space. Yeah, right. Um... The way you uh, did the work, uh, I like the most. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, let's go to Thor Guardian. How are you guys? How's it going? So I have, uh, I have two questions, guys. Uh, the first question is um, in regards to the new option 
for node operators, um, for basically for people to that have a certain amount of room and they want to put it into work into nodes. The person that will be operating the nodes, um, I saw a tweet that you guys were asking if somebody has knowledge in, in managing servers that can uh, they can operate a node. My question is in regards to those people that are able to do that. Uh, is that something that um, is that something that that is secure? Meaning the person that will be handling the funds uh, for for the people, uh, if if that person you know can maliciously do anything to the funds, that's that's the first question. So and uh, the I saw that there was a twenty percent profit for that uh, node operator. So that mean that means. A person can operate one node, three nodes, or four nodes. Is there a limit to how many nodes that person can operate? Um, and the second question is about Torify. I know it's 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 in the works, but I, I would just want to get a, like a speculative dates, more or less, towards the end of the year, maybe in summer, that 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 uh, Torify will be implemented. Yeah. So. Um... <clears throat> You want to make sure that if, if somebody is running a node on your behalf, that that person is trustworthy because they can rug pull you. All right. I'm trying to be very clear with, with the with the community about this. And that's why I'm kind of stressing this multiple times in this conversation is that they are operating that node. They have access to the useful funds of that wallet. And therefore, they have access to be able to steal funds from you, not from the network, not from the LPs, not from the rest of the people, but from you as a bond provider to that network to that node rather. So uh, be very you know, careful about who you're working with in this regard. Make sure they're trustworthy, that they're not going to rug pull you. And if they do, you have you know, an ability to uh, seek legal you know, recourse to be able to you know, get your funds back or, or whatnot. So keep that in mind. Um, you know, don't give your rune or to anybody or any node that you don't personally know and have a, a trusted relationship with. Be very clear about that. Okay, I got you. Okay, thank you so much. And regards to Torify, Torify, um, it depends on a lot of different things. It's kind of hard to, to kind of predict. Um, most likely, at least how I'm thinking about it today, is that assuming that everybody likes the design and, and the community approves of it, and let's assume that all goes swimmingly, which maybe it won't. Right? Who knows? But uh, assuming that goes swimmingly, we'll probably have one PR where derivatives. Uh, sorry, derived assets maybe, uh, come out maybe in two or three months time frame, um, possibly, depending upon the smoothness of a few different things. Uh, and then the lending and savers will probably land at the same time uh, because they kind of utilize each other to function. But you don't have to do that at the same time, but it's beneficiary to, to do so. Um, and that'll probably happen another like maybe two months after that, if I had to take a guess and again uh, at it. But I could be wrong. You never know. Life is crazy and, and life in DeFi is even crazier. So you never know what's going to happen. But I, I would expect it to be done by the end of the year. For, I'm pretty confident about it. I got you. Um, can, I, can I ask one more question? Sure. Um, uh, I know that so far we, we've been growing uh, organically, which is incredible. I mean, I've been with Torchin since, since uh, November 2019. And I saw Twitter kind of grow from from nothing, uh, literally a few hundred people to where we are today. And this is just incredible. I witnessed torching from white paper going into what it is today. And I love the community. I love the team. Um, 
I'm just ecstatic about the project and this is this is my like my baby. <laughs> but I want to know in regards to uh to marketing. Uh is this something that the team may be planning to do later on after mainnet launch to do some kind of marketing campaign or you just we're going to continue growing organically? Um there's no plan right now to do any kind of mainnet marketing thing like the, the team in general are not marketers. Uh, we don't have any idea what we're doing in that sense, to be honest with you. Uh, and we've done that more or less on purpose. We want to stay focused on on shipping code and, and making sure that all the resources that we have, both from a treasury perspective and from a talent perspective, is focused on just shipping code, shipping features, uh, adding value to the to the project and to the room holders, and that kind of mentality. And then allowing the rest of the community to to, to kind of market on project's behalf using whatever mechanisms or talents or skills or uh, resources they have to be able to accomplish that. Um, so there's nothing really kind of, nothing planned in, in this moment in that regard. Uh, I don't think, I don't see that changing anytime soon either. I got you. I got you. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much for everything. I appreciate everything you guys do for the community and uh, the project is uh, absolutely mind-blowing. Thank you so much. Keep on the work. And on that, just real quick, we, we touched on it earlier, but like, keep in mind just all the other teams that, that will be doing marketing, you know, all the interfaces, uh, nine realms doing business development type of stuff to, to get integrations done with other applications that then, uh, you know, so it's not like you're not probably going to see, you know, a Thorchain commercial on, on TV or something, but, but there's definitely going to be uh, pushes for, the, for these integrations and then all the various applications that use Thorchain obviously want to attract users and, and all of that. So, um, yeah, let's go to, let's go $60 and then Austin. Yeah. Good morning guys. Um, also for me, uh, congratulations for the, for the Terra integration. Um, hope let's keep fingers crossed. It all goes well. Hope you're already in touch with, uh, one to, to show him that they can, that he can swap his USD directly into PTC and not going over uh, a sex. Um, my question is back uh, from the from the discussion of the privacy coins. Um, I work at the bank where I lead a cryptocurrency initiative or project, and we, we speak with a lot of uh, chain forensic tools, you know, like chain analysis, elliptic, and that kind of stuff. And there arose um, a question that, that always bothers me with with Torchain, and I was just wondering if you already thought about that. And let's assume that like the Bitfinex hacker or one hacker, which, you know, like drained a, a big DeFi protocol for like 100,000 ETH or Bitcoin or whatsoever. That happens quite a lot in DeFi. So let's assume that we have added Monero, for example, and the, the hacker just basically like swaps all the Bitcoin into Monero and, you know, like just stays in Monero for a week or transfer it in and out and, you know, Monero is pretty hard to trace. So, and then like a month later or so, he converts all his Monero back into ETH and withdraws the ETH and is gone because he's not trackable anymore. But now, like the pool of BTC uh, in Rune is basically filled with uh, Bitcoin that's flagged as hacked or stolen Bitcoin. And now every LP in the Rune Bitcoin pool, if they withdraw Bitcoin, they might get like flagged Bitcoin as stolen Bitcoin. And I mean, the, 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 the chain the chain analytics tools are pretty sophisticated, so they know exactly which Bitcoin is going where. And 
if I now LP like 10 Bitcoins into the pool and now all of a sudden my Bitcoins are labeled as, yeah, those are Bitfinex hat Bitcoins, I can't deposit that into, you know, like an exchange if I want to do, you know, like fiat, go back into fiat. Have you ever thought about like uh, how that could play out or, you know, like it's it's a threat to the, to the door chain itself or is that, isn't that a threat or what do you guys think about that? Thank you. Um, I, I mean, we haven't seen that yet. Um, and I, I mean, I don't think it's going to be much of a problem just because it's not a problem already on other exchanges for a while. Like somebody could take some F and, um, um, and put it into tornado cash and then take that, you know, that F back out, you know, a, a while later and swap it into Coinbase or whatever. Uh, or some, or some, some other decks, whatever, blah blah blah. And I, I, I haven't heard any stories yet. I mean, maybe I'm just, I might have my head hasn't been had, held high enough to, to notice it, or whatever. But uh, I'm usually heads down on code personally. But like, uh, it hasn't been a problem yet, and it, it could become a problem downstream potentially, maybe. Uh, but we'll, we'll deal with it when we get there, and we'll do the best we can to, you know, to alleviate that risk. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, hey guys, um, still love still love what you guys are doing. Uh, Chad, I I reached out to you, um, and you you know what's going on with my situation with funds being being stolen last night. Um, I I I was just wondering if you could give me some clarity on on what options I have in terms of law enforcement, uh, being able to track track the Bitcoin that was uh that 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 they took out of took out of the account, um. Or that the trans like the trans would ruin to Bitcoin and, and and put that in their in their own uh, in their own wallet. Um, can you just give me like you saw you, you saw you, you saw the transaction? Uh, I, I sent that to you. Can, you. can you tell me what options I have, please? Um, I mean, I, honestly, I don't know what options you do have. I'm, I'm not an expert in, in like this sense of the crypto world. Um, if, it, if I guess the only thing I can think of is to look at the Bitcoin address um, that received the stolen funds and uh, see if it has any transactions with a centralized exchange so at some point in its past or future in a sense, like if there's any new transactions that it sent some Bitcoin to, you know, a Coinbase or something like this, uh, which you can detect. I think a lot of the addresses, the cold wallet storage addresses for Coinbase and other ones are like publicly known. Publicly known. Uh, and if you see that and you can, Maybe contact customer support, or uh, I don't know what, the, what what federal agency would be the appropriate one to, to, to connect with. I really don't, honestly, don't know the answer to that. All right, sweet. Um, thanks. And then if there's if there's any way I can like get involved working for the, working for the community to help uh help uh help recoup my losses, I'd, I'd appreciate that um, that consideration as well. Well, yeah. In, in general, like. If anybody in the community has some sort of ability or skill set or something they want to do for the community that provides value for it, uh, oftentimes the treasuries, you know, is open to you know supplementing you, you know, financially, to you know so that you can produce whatever you produce, whether that's content or, or um, you know, I don't know, who knows? It can be anything you want, more or less, as long as it's producing real value to the community to the project. So it's a, just a matter of you kind of figuring out for yourself what you're good at, what your skill sets are, and, and kind of offering something to the, to, to the treasury of a service that it can provide. And the treasury will make a determination of whether or not that's 
uh, valuable or not. And if it is valuable, then how, how valuable is it? Is it? All right. Thank you. And uh, ecosystem projects as well. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, teams building in the space, right? ThorSwap, DeFi Spot, all the wallets, XDeFi, like so many, right? Um, but yeah, like, uh, sorry to hear that. That's that's crazy. Hopefully, hopefully you can get to the bottom of of what happened. And um, yeah, good. Uh, just uh, yeah, important to uh, you know take security as as important as possible. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you can get through that. That's, that's a bummer. But yeah, um, let's move on to Austin. Hey guys, yeah, sorry to hear about that lost. And uh, Chad's thanks for the time and updates here. I uh, would love to hear a little bit more about the the partnership strategy with regards to front end apps and any kind of recent progress. A lot of the partnerships have really been mainly related to kind of grassroots organizations, newer wallets, exchanges. Have there been kind of any more mature walls exchanges or custodians uh, that you've been in discussions with, with integrating Thorchain and, you know, any that you're, you're really excited about? Um, I will have to be a bit careful about this. Um, the short answer is yes, but the longer answer is I can't go longer. <laughs> like there are projects that we're talking to. Um, that I think will be very, very beneficial for for the for not only their ecosystem but ours as well. Um, but I can't get into who that is and when that's happening. All I can say is that there's a lot of conversations happening simultaneously with a lot of different projects, and that these things take a long period of time for them to kind of iron out in many respects because it, you know we we approach some wallet. You know, and I'll just take a ledger for a random example. Um, it, they have their own dev cycle. They have their own roadmap ahead of them. They already have their own demands from their community about what they want to add and build or features or whatever. And so, like, we're kind of throwing at them another feature, which is, you know, a bunch of work as well. And so they have to determine, you know, how, how much of a priority is ThorChain within their ecosystem and and so these things will probably take months and months and months and months and months. Some will be quicker, like smaller projects uh, will probably be quicker because they're kind of they're kind of more um, agile. But like larger projects, like a ledger, for example, would be a, a lot more time to get there. So it's something that 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 Nine Rounds and the team is working on actively uh, to, for integrations and such. But I don't expect it to have anything happen anytime like in the near future. All these things are going to take at minimum, you know, three months if it's fast and then probably six or nine or even 12 months if it's slow. Right. So it's, it's a it is a it is a long kind of process. To, so I wouldn't I wouldn't get too excited about it right now, but it is something that is actively being worked on. Something we'll see hopefully throughout the year. Sure. But that makes sense. Just looking for that extra extra alpha there, Chad. Um, I'm just wondering how, how the, the process goes with integrating uh, new chains. Have you been like in discussions with leadership at, at Luna on seeding the, the Luna or UST um, LP recently? Um, once again, I'm, I'm not sure what I am able or not able to say publicly at this time. Um, when it, I'll say I'll say more generically, I'll say that whenever we're trying to add a new chain as a, as a protocol, we typically try to reach out to influencers and project leads and, and foundations and whatever it is within that ecosystem to kind of garner support both on um, providing liquidity to 
you know, the new assets of this new chain, whatever, as well as get them to start, you know, getting their community aware of ThorChain and why it's adding integration with ThorChain is a big deal for them and, and trying to like, you know, pull in a new uh, community into our own community and kind of expand our community size to engulf that community as well. And I think uh, Terra is actually probably the best example we've seen thus far of success in this sense that we've really expanded, you know, the, 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 Rune community into the runatics community in a sense, and that's really beneficial for uh, the project as a whole. You know, which is great. Um, so I can't get, get into specifics about Terra or any particular project. I don't think, but it is something we actively try to accomplish or actively try to to to, to garden for on every chain that we try to integrate with. Okay. Yeah, totally makes sense. Appreciate that. And I guess since I'm up here, maybe one more question. You know, I've been looking into Stargate. Uh, it seems like a quasi-competitor door chain. I was wondering, Chad, if you just if you've looked into Stargate at all, if you had any kind of over overall thoughts. You know, I don't think they can integrate with uh, Bitcoin and the like, but are using the the Layer Zero messaging system to kind of accomplish uh, what they're working on. But wanted to hear if you you know maybe talk with that team and and what your thoughts on on their project versus door chain. Yeah, I mean it's it's got some things about that are kind of interesting, I guess. Um, Generally speaking, whenever I look at one of these projects, um, they all they typically are one of two things. There's more, but most of them are fall in one or two character uh, categories. One is either it's it's centralized and it's run the like the team runs all the nodes, for example, or B it is own like a half solution that it only supports a subset of what Thorchain can can support. Um, you know, if Thorchain wanted to do what, you know, Stargate is doing now, that's something we probably could have done as a, as a team a long time ago. Like, probably we could have launched something like that over a year and a half ago or even maybe, yeah, probably maybe even two years ago, actually. Uh, integrating EVM to EVM is, like, relatively a low-hanging fruit. Um, as, a, as a consensus part of it is kind of abstracted away for you. You don't have to worry about that stuff. Uh, so in ThorChain's design, we, we thought more holistically about how do you properly sign, uh, solve this problem rather than how do you like kind of solve it, right? Um, so, I mean, it's good to have them out there and, and I'll be looking forward to seeing, you know, their progress for sure. And I, hope, and I wish the project well and all these kind of things. I mean, it's, it's good to have more than one methodology of moving from chain A to chain B, uh, which is great. Um, but I think what they're trying to accomplish is interesting, um, but uh, kind of stops short to accomplishing what the community, the crypto community needs in general, right? Um, we tend not to think about what we can accomplish in this moment, but rather what can we accomplish from a, from more of a, a visionary perspective, right? Of like, what is the actual, throw everything else away. Just start from the mentality of like, what is the problem we actually need to solve? Okay, integrating every chain across the entire planet with every other chain across the entire planet. That's really what needs to be solved, right? Rather than somebody else coming along and saying, like, I guess we need to move between chains, but like, this is a low, like a really easy way of doing half, half, a half solution. And that's just a different way of thinking about the problem than what we've gone through. And so we've spent a lot more time and energy innovating many different forms of technology 
uh, you know, implementing threshold signatures in a way that's never been done before, and and all sorts of like solutions that we've needed to come up with to solve the larger scale of the issue. So, whatever that like something like Stargate can do or accomplish, whatever Layer Zero can do to accomplish, including just messages back and forth between chains, we can totally do that as a project, and we can totally do it with a way that it supports more or less every chain underneath the sun. And so how are those two things going to compete in the end? Um, I don't know. To me, it seems fairly obvious. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree uh, with, with your stance there. And one of the things I like about, you know, ThorChain is definitely the long-term perspective and to the problems at hand. So uh, that all sounds great. Appreciate the time again, guys. Um, congrats. Also, even like any sort of uh, competitor, if you will, uh, that only solves part of the problem can potentially be an integration for ThorChain too, to just widen their co customer base, have like, uh, <clears throat> have like the, they can make more revenue on the, um, on the affiliate fees for those additional swaps that they could integrate. So can definitely see like a lot of overlap, uh, kind of ties in with like the aggregation stuff like that. So, and also just, it's such a big space that, can support many, but I haven't seen anyone solving it in the in the Thorchain first principles, no externalities sort sort of way. Also, shout out to Thorchain Bull. He's had some amazing threads on this sort of subject, and some uh, talking about layer layer zero stuff um, specifically. Um, so yeah, shout out to him. Let's go to uh, Thorchimp has been up here, and then uh, well, yeah, Thorchimp first. Hey guys, uh, sorry, I've been in and out of this. I know there's been a lot of Haven Monero talk. I'm just curious. So again, I apologize if this has already been answered, but I'm just curious if the, um, Chad, you and the core development team have had conversations regarding like unwanted regulatory eyes um, coming onto the project, uh, adopting, you know, privacy, um, privacy chains that I think in the eyes of, you know, reg regulators aren't, uh, aren't favorable, obviously, as of today. I know this probably isn't a, a popular maybe topic or stance to take um, in this community, but just curious if, if dev team has any stance on that, or even if any conversations have, have happened, I mean, I'm aware that the, the development team is, is chain agnostic, but just curious on this sort of one issue. The one issue of, of regulation around private chains. Yeah. Bringing, bringing unwanted, you know, regulatory eyeballs onto the project by adopting, you know, like, you know, privacy chains. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like whenever a, um, like if you were some, you know, if you were the FBI, for example, and you were or NSA or some three character, uh, federal agency, um, what you would want from the, that exchange is knowledge of what's happening, right. Of what transactions are going where to what address to what address and this information. And I'm sure that, you know, I'm well, not sure. I'm guessing that, uh, regulators have come to Coinbase uh, or whatever that's selling XMR or whatever and kind of like let us know, give us some information, you know, whatever. That I, I would not be, I don't know if that's happening or not, but I would not be surprised because that seems like an obvious thing to me to some degree. And if, and if some regulator wants to do that with ThorChain, great. The, the information is already public. You don't need to talk to, to, to me or any other devs or anybody in the community even. You can just hit the Midgard server and get all the information you want. Right? 
where it comes becomes a problem is is if a regulator said this decentralized exchange needs to KYC these addresses before you know allowing exchange trades to happen. In which case, uh, you know, there's nothing I can do to help them with that. They can come to me and they can knock on my door or or whatever. But I, there's nothing I can do to help them. I can't do that. I'm, it's not that I won't. It's, it's not that I can't. And those are two very different words. They mean very different things. And so if they wanted to try to, like, tell me, hey, you have to put KYC on. Hell, I could go ahead and write the code to KY, add KYC to ThorChain and say, hey, nodes, go ahead and adopt this KYC thing. And the nodes probably would not listen to me, and nor should they listen to me in this context, right? So uh they can go ahead and, and do whatever they want but, but in the end they're gonna have to convince the community to adopt it which would be a very difficult task to do for sure got it thanks cool thanks for the question let's go to infornet uh yes yeah there you go yes um i'm very excited about the thorshine project um, just a question regarding uh, any consideration for integrate other other crypto like uh, Wave, for example. Uh, what was the example you said? Wave, Wave Exchange, uh, from Wave, the Neutrino, the Neutrino project. Uh, so I don't know about that uh, specifically, but there's kind of like a chain agnostic approach with which chains. Uh, get added, uh, basically anything that is, you know, high amounts of liquidity, high amounts of activity, uh, is like very much at the top of the list for, for next integrations. Um, kind of like a prioritized approach to what would have the most impact. Uh, you can see if you, in the dev discord, there's a propose a chain section where you might see if, if there's been discussion around that, or you could even throw in a proposal, uh, for it to be, considered and also to kind of see like the activity and progress and discussion around all the various chains that are potentially coming. Um, yeah. Chad, any other thoughts on that or does that basically cover it? No, I think you pretty much got it right there. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, let's move to, let's go to KC. Yeah. Hey guys. Um, you know, we live in a mobile world. Uh, do you guys know if XDeFi is going to get an app at some point? Yeah, I know that they're working on it. Um, I believe their first, uh, you can find the roadmap, uh, but I believe there's supposed to be their first version of their mobile app within maybe the next month or two. But I think cool. that won't have full functionality of like, you know, like everything you see right now yet. But I know that they're working towards that. So, okay. um, yeah, I would expect to see that, you know, sometime this year. I don't know. It's probably on their timeline, but for sure. Yeah, I just I figure once they get that out, I think they're going to be a, a hot project. And uh, hopefully they'll, you know, take over MetaMask or something. Get rid of that crap. Totally. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I, I'm looking forward to that. I think it'll be great. There is already right now there's Thor Wallet. So Thor Wallet is like. Yeah, I use that right now. It's great. Solid. Yeah. And there's definitely going to be other ones uh, coming out. Uh, in that space as, as well but yeah excited for xdefi too um and also uh native rune i mean that's only on you know like no exchanges have native room right or trade native rune or, or anything like that basically no i think crypto.com is like a weird gray area where they had it and then they phased it out and now i think you can 
send native in but bep2 out or maybe vice versa huh. i forget it's like some too sure but yeah they no, I mean, like, i'm just yeah I, I, obviously I, I bought uh rune on thor's uh on the app um uh on thor wallet and uh you know just because of the it's a good arbitrage opportunity it's obviously a lot cheaper than it is in on the regular market so um yeah i definitely didn't i want to take advantage of that opportunity but uh yeah i just was curious you know if there's anybody else that carried the native version of rune yeah so one this was kind of discussed uh in the last week or so there were some tweets even from the thorchain account uh talking about not specifics but sounding like at uh at mainnet or close after mainnet that there's intent from some of the exchanges to switch over so sounds like that problem will kind of uh sort itself out like if you are holding on an exchange it'll probably be kind of taken care of for you most likely um but even so like uh you're better off in your situation uh just kind of doing it now in my opinion uh you're holding the real rune you can actually put it to work you could put it in you could pair it with some bitcoin if you're holding bitcoin throw it in the liquidity pool uh stuff like that so is, uh, is the best way to um uh provide liquidity to pair the the two assets or is it better to do single-sided liquidity so if you're doing single-sided liquidity uh at least the way i view it is that you're selling half your position to whatever the other thing is right, right. so it, so you can you have to consider that as just like based on as a trade or like a price action sort of uh speculation right Turn on which so, way it's moving, yeah Right. So because every every LP, whether you add asymmetrically or symmetrically is symmetrical. So either way, it's 50 50 exposure. So however you go into it, that's kind of just up to your decision of like what funds you're allocating to that. But I would say like generally, at least the way I think about it and like to explain it, uh, if you're kind of starting out is, you know, just think of it symmetrical and just pair with like an asset that you want that you're already holding anyways, or you want exposure to anyways, then it's kind of a no brainer. Otherwise, you're kind of making like a decision to basically do a trade of some sort, like either you're, you know, you're taking your Bitcoin and you're essentially buying half rune or you're taking your rune and you're essentially selling half your rune. It's kind of like a it's not really like a fair comparison to compare asymmetrical versus symmetrical, at least the way I view it, because either way, it's symmetrical. Yeah, I I don't know. uh, I I know Bancor does that, you know, uh, no permanent loss or whatever they say, but you got to hold it for 100 days. Is that kind of where you guys got your 100-day thing from? Or like, how does that work to to not have any impermanent loss? Or does it not protect you from impermanent loss, I guess, um, uh, in this pool? No, we, we actually we saw the Bancor design and thought it was a, a good design. And then we did some kind of number crunching on the behavior of what was the time single chain cast net to see if it actually would work out in our case as well. And, and it, in fact, did. So we decided to kind of just take the idea of 100-day thing that Bancor is doing and said we're going to offer it as well okay cool i really appreciate the uh the answers thank you so much yeah and and just on that just to note that the impermanent loss protection is from the 50 50 start point no matter how you add so if you add from just rune or just bitcoin you're not guaranteed to withdraw exactly that much of that one asset because you're still exposed to the other side during it so the the snapshot for what you're protected against is that initial 50 50 however whichever way you actually add it okay all right yeah i i don't know exactly how they do i wish i i wish i would have known more about uh your stuff when it came out but obviously that was yes yeah, it was a little bit later on and uh when everything started getting really big and i didn't know about it but otherwise it would have jumped in your pools right away and stayed out of bank but uh 
yeah i guess i gotta wait 100 days now (laughs) (laughs) nice yeah also as far as like kind of playing out these scenarios there's a calculator there's a few i think there's one in Thorchain or in uh, lp university as well but there's also on thoryield.com there's like a interactive calculator where you can basically like put in i'm putting in this much of this this much of that uh i expect the prices to be this and this at this date or whatever and you can kind of like play out a million different scenarios to get a feel for um you know all the various scenarios what was that thor website again Thor Yield. Thor Yield, all right. Yeah, thoryield.com. It's also where you can like track your active LP positions. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. For sure. Uh, Thomas. Yeah, hey, guys. So quick question for me. So on Thor Yield, like, what, can you guys walk me through the difference between the LP versus HODL percentage versus the total earnings? So um, LP is – so total earnings would factor in – I'm not looking at it, so I'm thinking off uh, memory a bit, but total earnings would factor in – price movement of the two assets, right? So your total earnings, uh, you know, are going to reflect whether or not the assets you're in, like the price movements of those assets, whereas LP versus HODL is like really what matters, right? Because that's like, that's what's saying, if you had just held these two assets versus LP, here's how much better or worse you are doing versus having just held, not just like leaving aside price movement. So, so for me, um, you know, LP versus HODL is what I think is like the key thing to look at in terms of like how the LP is actually treating you, uh, aside from just like, you know, volatility of the markets. Um, and, and LP versus HODL is also like the best way to kind of get an understanding of the impermanent loss protection, because that's what you're actually being protected up against is your, your HODL uh, situation, right? So if you're, if you're worse off than if you had just held, then that, if that's negative, then that's basically your, your impermanent loss, uh, after factoring in the rewards. Uh, if you're, if you're like down on impermanent loss, but up more on rewards, then, um, ILP wouldn't have to kick in because you're still better off that way. Uh, so basically, yeah, if that's positive, then you're, you're already in the green. Got it. Because like, I guess where I got thrown off was like, if you go on like the dashboard, right, it says that the Rune BTC um, should give me around like a 24, 25% uh, yield. But I've had my money in this pool for only about like a few weeks to a month now. Um, and I'm already at like 12%. So like, I don't know, just like mathematically, I was just like, well, how am I even getting returns these high? And so just to confirm, if I were to pull my funds right now, then would I be getting the LP versus HODL rate? Uh, well, if you withdrew right now, it would just be whatever your position is currently worth. Yeah, so that should just be uh, – it, it should just show your total position value, basically. Or you could even just, like, connect back to ThorSwap or whatever you're using. And, like, if you pretend like you're going to withdraw, you can just see exactly what you would be withdrawing. But it should match whatever whatever you're showing there. So, basically, like, you know, all this stuff about ILP wouldn't – like, you're, you're, you're in the green. Like, you're doing well. None of this would even apply unless, like – massive il kicked in over the next you know couple months or whatever uh yeah but yeah no you're you're crushing okay gotcha gotcha so and then one last question for me so that dashboard apy like how is that calculated um so it's uh chad i forget if you said the exact date was it is it 10 days or two week move uh average i forget i thought it was seven day moving average but i could be wrong (laughs) something like that (laughs) i need to double check on that as well but basically yeah it's like 
so that that APY, you know, it fluctuates because um, these rewards are like sustainable, right? Like they, they're they're from the actual activity of the pools. So if there's a lot of swap activity, then suddenly that's a lot of fees that are going back into the pool. So what you're seeing on there is like an average of whether it's yeah seven fourteen days, whatever I, I forget at the moment, but you're seeing that retroactive average, um, which is again dependent on how much activity there was. Um, so you can kind of see that fluctuate over time. Also, that reminds me, um, Chad, you mentioned a really good point on the space yesterday, which is that when these new pools go live for, for Luna and UST, um, because it's showing like a backwards looking average, um, you might be seeing like a really low APY or something initially because it's factoring in like the, the non-active times. So just to be aware of that, that it'll kind of take some time for it to catch up and have like an average APY as the pool fills up, as activity starts, um, stuff like that. And the other thing that people should be aware of is like that APY is looking at what the pool is earning in terms of rewards over the last like seven days, whatever. But it does not take into account what your personal IL is that you've experienced uh, personally. Because like everybody who has an IL will experience different forms of IL depending upon what time they got in or, or what ratio of asset versus room they supply to the network. And so it can't really account for everybody's IL because everybody's going to have a different you know, amount of IL that they're personally experiencing. So that APY, I'm, I'm pretty sure that it's just the yield that the network has produced. But if you were, if it didn't maintain for, you know, a whole year, which that, you know, may not, and you were staked that whole year, you might not get that, you know, 30% or 20%, you might get less than that depending upon how much uh, IL, the, the the price change of the room asset versus the, the uh, other asset has kind of moved back and forth. But just be, just so people are aware, they're like, if, if there's a price movement, you know, away from each other and then towards each other at the same amount, then you've then experienced zero permanent loss. So like, just because when you experience permanent loss, it is impermanent, that's where the word impermanence comes from. And so if it comes, the pricing goes back as a ratio, to each other, then you remove that IL that you experience. So it all depends upon when you get in and when you get out that, that kind of determines how much IL you actually experience. In the end. Right. Yeah. Great uh, clarification. Basically, like that rate would only be exactly that rate if everything uh, moved exactly together. Right. Like in reality, you're experiencing some IL from the price fluctuations independently, but that's kind of just the rate uh, if everything was just kind of moving. Uh, effectively sideways or together. Um, yeah. Right, right. Chad, sorry, sorry to cut you guys off, but Chad, um, when you're talking, the section that you're talking is, is getting lost. I don't know if it's me or it's, or it's everybody else that cannot hear you, but that's the things that you were saying. No, I can't the whole hear me either. It cuts out. Yeah, yeah so, so half the things this, is we didn't hear. So this is a weird uh, Twitter bug. Um, you're actually hearing it that way because you're a speaker. Um, but I'm 99% sure that the listeners are not hearing it that way. So <laughs> it's kind of just like a weird Twitter bug thing. Um, and in the recording, it actually sounds fine. Um, so yeah, if you're, if you're done with questions and you drop back to a listener, you should probably hear the robot voice go away. But I'm hearing the same thing. Yeah, I'm like, sometimes I'm struggling to, to hear Chad's uh, answers but pretty sure that the audience hears it okay i got you, I got you. okay thank you cool um let's go to uh Ye jaeger 
Hi guys. Um, I've got, can you hear me? Yeah, you're good. Uh, so I've got a question just regarding like like layer one swap times, and I guess my my perspective is through Thor swap. So I don't know if if it varies on other interfaces, but can we ever expect like a layer one swap to to be faster, or does it always depend on confirmation times of other chains? Yeah, so you're doing like real on-chain transactions. So for the for the L1 swaps, like you're always beholden to that chain's speed and that chain's gas, right? Because you're doing like real uh, transactions on those chains. Um, so that I wouldn't expect to necessarily change. However, the launch of synths in just the last couple of weeks is totally a solution to that and kind of like really the main sort of value prop of, of offering that. Uh, because you can like go, you can mint something into the synth world. And if you are more of like an active trader, uh, those settle as fast as rune and as cheap as rune because they're Thorchain native assets. So, uh, you know, if you, if you're trying to just get price exposure or you're, you're day trading, or even you're doing ARBs, stuff like that, um, get like going into the synths trading within there. And then eventually when you want to redeem out, uh, then you're kind of like, again, if you're redeeming out to Bitcoin, that's going to take Bitcoin time. But if mm. you're swapping between synth ETH and, and synth Bitcoin all day long, you're not waiting for Bitcoin and you're not paying ETH gas. So, um, that's yeah, that's definitely a way. And, to... if, and if you mint a synth, you're still beholden to the other, the native change confirmation times as well. That's right. But the cool thing with synths is they're technically minted from Rune. So um, you can actually just mint from anything. Uh, for example, like if you want synthetic BTC, you don't have to mint it from Bitcoin. You could just mint it from Rune. You could mint it from Doge or BNB, uh, really whatever you want. So you can kind of go uh, in and out of synths, like from whatever you want, if that makes sense. So, so in that case, what would be like, say, let's just say you, you come to, to an interface like ThorSwap and you want to trade as quickly as possible from from like Bitcoin to ETH using synthetics, like what would be the best route to do so? Like minimizing like confirmation times and stuff. Um, well, you could just take like Rune, for example, or really any fast asset like BNB or something, mm -hmm. uh, mint synthetic Bitcoin, uh, trade to synthetic ETH. Now that ETH is one-to-one -one redeemable for ETH. If you want to get real ETH out, then you're still gonna have to do like the, the burn process which on that, then you'll have to, that will be a real ETH transaction. So there's ETH gas and ETH times uh, on that step. But if you were just trying to like hold for price exposure or do some type of trade, you could just like stay in the synth for whatever period of time and then redeem out to whatever else. And my last question, since the synthetics would be, I guess, like on a Thorchain standard, if you will, would it ever be possible in the future for, other exchanges to um, offer just synthetic trading where I can go buy a synth from maybe like a Coinbase and then send it over and then have quick um, swaps and stuff. Yeah, I think it's like it's definitely theoretically possible, right, um, to have like an app that's just like it, we were talking about this on another space and it would actually in a way self custody having decentralization, but you're kind of having like all of the benefit of a centralized exchange because you have cheap and fast trades. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, definitely could see, like, I don't think there's anything really built like that right now, but you could definitely see stuff like that built around since. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you. Cool. Let's go to 
uh, crypto crypto nest and then back to KC. Uh, Cryptonist, you there? Might not be able to unmute yourself. Um, let's go to KC for now. Uh, by the way, if you're uh, if you're on desktop, that might be you might not be able to speak from there. So maybe that maybe that's what's going on, or you stepped out. <laughs> um, is there any uh, anything I'm missing out on um, doing my swaps on Thor Wallet, or should I be doing things on? Uh, the the thor swap you know website so like, is there any benefit or, or negative thing to using the, the actual wallet app it's just personal preference really i mean all all of these various apps uh including thor swap are independent teams from the core thor chain team okay. like there, there's no front facing uh app from from thor chain itself so um, as far as using different ones, it's really just like, you know, which one has the feature sets you're looking for. Like, for example, for that comparison, Thor Wallet is for mobile users, right? Uh, Thor Swap is more for like uh, PC more, users and stuff. Yeah, desktop, more advanced uh, users, stuff like that. I just wasn't sure if the, uh, you know, the fees and stuff were any different. or So that, that is a good point. Um, I believe as of right now, so basically every every interface can add like a, affiliate fee which is separate from like the core thor chain like fees that you're seeing like the slippage fee and the gas fees like that's just the core thor chain stuff they all use the same pools but the the interface level or the app can put like a small affiliate fee on each transaction uh which they'll basically all be doing but as of like literally today i'm pretty sure thor wallet does have their fee enabled and thor swap does not yet but will soon have a fee enabled so that could be like a small factor in your decision yeah but but even then like like Thor Swap's going to add a fee too. And then that's going to like, you know, these, these fees like kind of go back to the stakeholders of those tokens of those apps and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there, there's more assets as well on Thor Swap, right? Uh, should be the same. I mean, they're Did just you? using okay. the Thor chain. Uh, I don't think, I don't, they think... don't have synthetics on here right? on the wallet. I don't think at all. I don't know if they've watched that. I know that it's native they... and it's synthetic, right? Or not, or that's different. It would definitely be like somewhere in the UI. It should explain if it's a synth or not. But yeah. I know that they tweeted. I saw something that they're. I just don't know if it's launched yet. But they're definitely going to be doing synths. Uh, yeah, if not already. Got a lot more building to do, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Appreciate the, the answer. Thanks. For sure. Cool. Um, let's go to Sharab. Sharab. Yeah. Hi. Uh, am I audible? Yeah. You're good. Thanks. Uh, yeah, so I, I have a few questions. Uh, I'll, I'll, I, so, so the first thing I wanted to ask is, uh, I, I use this Thor Yield uh, interface where I can see what my LPs are looking like, fees earned and stuff like that. But uh, sometimes the display is buggy. And uh, I, I think now is one of those times. Uh, so so <clears throat> is there... Okay, I, I wouldn't ask if it's possible, but is there an easy way <laughs> for a noob LP guy to, you know, query, query uh, Thor chain or whatever relevant chains to find what my actual positions are looking like and the fees that I've earned at any given point in time. That's one. Uh, the other is, I mean, it's, it's a bit long-term thing, but I'll ask anyway since I have all of you guys here. Uh, so earlier on in this conversation, uh, Chad was saying that uh, the decision to go from 100 odd uh, nodes to whatever, 200 and in excess, whenever that happens, is 
right now it lies with uh, those node node operators what's the long term sort of you know governance going to look like is this something that's discussed already who are going to be the stakeholders are lp guys going to have equal voting power what's the so lp node operators and perhaps even the even the guys who are using the pool uh, the people who swap conduct swaps on them what's have, have we is there some thought already on this sort of long term uh, you know structure to torchin who's going to and uh, who's going to decide the future course of uh, this project and uh, yeah i think these two for now thanks yeah sure yeah i'll take the the first one and then chad you could take the governance question um on thor yield uh yeah the so thor yield is uh put out by the thor swap team and uh i'm definitely you know seeing the behind the scenes and they're very much aware that there's been bugs and they're, they're working super hard on that the mobile versions, I believe, have already been updated uh, and might be probably working better than the, the web app version at this moment, I believe. Um, I think that is still almost uh, coming uh, any, any day, hopefully, uh, some fixes to the web version. But uh, the mobile ones just had like a total revamp. Uh, and, there, and also like with V2 coming and stuff like that, like the whole thing is going to be totally uh totally redone and much improved so they're very much aware of it um and yeah yeah it needs to th there's still room for improvement stuff like that but uh the team's on it for sure so should be seeing improvements there uh also you know like just to kind of note like you can always kind of see your value like if you just go to your pool position and like see what's withdrawable uh you can kind of just like calculate how you're doing there if you just compare that to where you entered uh always an option i know it's not really like a fancy dashboard or something like that but uh and then you'd be able to figure out like oh have i experienced il what's going on so stuff like that but yeah uh chad on the governance question yeah governance is kind of an interesting topic <clears throat> in general um whenever i see governance vast majority of the time it's it's almost always a complete calamity like it's just um you know nobody's really voting sorry and, uh, can i Sorry, can I interrupt at this stage? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, I think you're, you're muted now, but uh, if you had, did you have something to add? Uh, maybe just go on with the answer. <laughs> uh, anyways, so I think the mentality that that, the, that they devs around this project has is to do, instead of just to do a, a, a minimalist governance mentality, like the less governance we can have is probably the better kind of approach. And so, uh, long term, there won't yeah, be. Yeah, thanks. Oh, I think yeah, I think it's just Twitter uh, bugs. Uh, but if you're if you're not able to hear his answer, just come back to the recording a little bit after this, and, and it'll be it'll sound normal in the recording if that's the problem. But let's just uh, let's just keep going. Yeah, so it's more about trying to get a, a government's minimal perspective, and so um, uh, the intention right now, and obviously this can change with, in the future, is that that the nodes will, will kind of maintain the network and kind of vote on how many validators will be or uh, what chains get added or, or you know, whatever else. Um, but we don't want to get into a, too, too much of a situation where, where there's just like endless conversation, you know, nobody really shows up to vote and it just it creates like a division in the community. Like the whole, like, like if you look at Juno, what's happening now in the Juno community, it's just this complete weird calamity everybody's kind of yelling at some whale that just 
you know, just just holding tokens. Like, I'm, it just gets it becomes like a witch hunt, and even in some cases, it just becomes almost ridiculous. So, uh, we, we try to push towards a government's minimalist perspective rather than uh, some sort of like DAO design. Cool. Yeah, great answer. It makes sense. Uh, let's see. Uh, Crash. Good. How are you? Uh, great. Great. First thing I want to say. I've been in crypto for a long time. I absolutely love, love, love Rune. Same thing with Luna. Big DeFi fan, big techie. Been in the whole IT game since early 90s. Um, And I love everything that's going on. It's because of the reason that Chad Toro was mentioning that all the speakers, they're not able to get audio very well. Uh, Oh, yeah. I I didn't hear much of uh, what was just uh, said. Yeah. Sorry, I think you just have a bit of a delay too. But um, if you just drop off from speaker, you should hear it okay again, and th- it'll be okay in the in the recording. So just just uh, you can refer back to to catch that answer again. But yeah, thanks for the question. Uh, sorry, uh, go ahead, Crash. All right, no problem. Sweet. So I just had a uh, two brief questions regarding the LPs. Um, I've done a lot of liquidity pool um, through multiple tokens in the past, and I love what Rune is doing. I was reading a Medium post that said, uh, you know, asymmetrically versus symmetrically. And I understand the, the three times total value locked with Rune. My question was more so when we deposited um, asymmetrically, I read in the Medium post that we have the option to withdraw either one of those tokens from that liquidity pool, even though we deposited it asymmetrically. We can withdraw asymmetrically either coin. So if I deposit 500 Rune, with BTC, I have the option to withdraw whatever the room value is at the pump at the moment of withdrawal or BTC. I don't want to just verify and make sure I had that correct because when I attempt to do that on ThorSwap, it's only showing me that I can withdraw whatever I deposited in that pool. And then the second question is, um, is it possible to enable, or maybe I just don't have the appropriate rights or I'm doing it wrong, but to go ahead and add the second LP token after I initially added asymmetrically, because I didn't realize when I first added it asymmetrically that there were discrepancies with the way everything was balanced and the way I'm, I can withdraw both. But it's not allowing me because it says I already have that current LP set up. So those are my two questions. Uh, yeah. So the first thing is, uh, I think you either misread that medium article or the medium article itself is incorrect. But if you add later on, in part because the network doesn't have a Thor address to associate with your, you know, your BDC in a sense. And if it did offer the ability for somebody to do that, it would be, you know, potentially a security risk, right? Where I added BDC in my position and then Chad Thoreau is being a malicious, you know, actor and he somehow is able to convince the network that his Thor address is blah, 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 and, and steal all my LP positions. So for that reason, when you add... Uh, a position. You, uh, you're, the first time you take a position on the network to on as an LP position, the network basically freezes what the addresses are associated with that position for the future of that LP position. So you can't change your Thor address or change your BDC address or any of these things. The only way you can do that is if you withdraw 100%. So you basically delete your LP position entirely and then come back in a second time with new addresses or whatever. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. Absolutely. Thanks so much. One little tip on that, that uh, Mogarki, shout out to uh, ThorSwap engineer uh, throughout yesterday, was that 
if you want if you want to add asymmetrically but you want the option to withdraw uh in either direction you can at least on thor swap you can do this there's like the advanced mode in the swap panel and you can set it so that you're adding symmetrically but not actually 50 50 so for example you could add like you know one bitcoin and like five dollars of rune or something and then that way now Thorchain does have both addresses you're obviously still adding asymmetrically basically but at least now you have the option to to withdraw in either direction so if that somehow like played into your strategy like that is a way of doing it absolutely that's what i was looking for that's sweet beautiful thanks guys yeah awesome yeah just hit the gear uh like the little gear in the top right on on the swap panel and go to advanced yep you got it appreciate it Cool. Let's uh, let's go to Cosmos fan and then back to Ahil. Hi guys. Do you hear me all right? Yep, you're good. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, first of all, I, I like a lot uh, Torchin and what's uh, its value proposition, but uh, I just have uh, some trouble understanding s- some of the things because I think that's uh, the value added of Torchin and it tries to differentiate itself from the wrapped tokens uh, from, for example, Ren or whatever. And it seems like the synthetics is something close uh, to that. So I, I want to know what's the real difference between it. At some point, it's, it's kind of a wrapped token, the synthetics. And my second question was regarding the aggregation of, uh, of the DEXs. Uh, for me, uh, switching between native tokens, of course, uh, the first uh, uh, the, the first good things is, of course, the security. But again, uh, there are devs that are trying to go multi-chain, and uh, one of the value for for someone from one chain to go to another is to use another dev. So, what are what do you see in in, in the future in terms of devs trying to go multi-chain versus short-chain? Uh, trying to uh, trying to I think you get my point uh, because at some time, at some point, if the devs go multi-chain, uh, the value of your chain will only be the security of either chain that we are using. I don't know if you get my point, but this is our two questions. Um, so, sorry, what was the first question? And we'll come back to that one. What was the first question again? Sorry, could you just uh, repeat the first part again, uh, Cosmo? The, just uh, the first part of the question. So the first part is uh, it looks like the synthetics uh, are very similar to uh, the wrap tokens. Uh, For me, it looks like uh, because the first proposition of Torchain is to have native swap. Native swap swap and it differentiates itself from uh, the wrap tokens. But, right, so just uh, like how 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 a synthetic is fundamentally different than a wrapped asset is yeah, kind of like, exactly yeah cool yeah so a wrapped asset is an asset that is that is collateralized by the token that it's wrapping right and so a wrapped BDC is is obviously collateralized by an actual BDC big you know Bitcoin right um, a synthetic asset is is comprised of uh, is collateralized by an asset that is not necessarily the same asset as the token that it's wrapping. So a synthetic on Thorchain is, is collateralized by uh, 50% of it is collateralized by Rune and 50% is collateralized by Bitcoin for the synthetic Bitcoin uh, coin, for example. And then the, the derived asset that's coming out into the future 
is more like synthetics design. It, when you reference you where it is collateralized by a rune and in synthetics, it's also, uh, those are collateralized by the SNX token. And so it's a different mechanism that is a different method, methodology of collateralization. And they all might, it might sound like a better idea from a face value of, you know, having BDC be the, the collateralization of a BDC, blah, blah, blah. And that makes some sense at the, at the face value. But the problem with that is if you do it that way, there's no way to economically secure that asset because this, this, the security of whatever thing that is securing it, the amount of money they have at stake will always be completely decoupled and detached from the wrapped BDC or whatever the wrapped asset is that you're, that you're kind of custodian for, for somebody. And so there's just a matter of time before the value of the, you know, of the, uh, the Bitcoin that, that they're securing is worth a lot more money than the token they're using to secure that network, whatever that network might be. So it always requires trust of some centralized entity for wrapped tokens to exist, which is why they're just like, for me, they're just always like a non-starter. But because a synthetic token that Thorchain's using where it's, it's collateralized by Rune itself, we can economically ensure that the value of that of the asset is is correct and that it's that the security of the network will always be greater than the asset that it's that is being secured right and so because i can do that it can make that that the economic um, uh, assurance uh it, it's a much much fundamentally a much much better design does that make sense uh so, sorry i have the same problem as the previous speaker I hit chat very correctly, but uh, you, Torfai, um, uh, I will refer back to, to, to the recording, as Chad said. Yeah, I, gotta, I, can, I can. Yeah. It was getting even a little more choppy. I don't know if there's anything you can try on your end, but um, I know, I'm pretty sure it's okay in the recording. But yeah, kind of just a bummer of Twitter spaces. But um, yeah. <laughs> I. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, no problem. J just regarding the second question, I will refer back to the first question later on. But regarding the second question, for me, uh, well, w one of th there are two value propositions in uh, changing the chains. One of them is uh, relying on the security of whatever chain we would like, like BTC or Ethereum or whatever. But the second one is to be able to use the dApps that are in Ethereum or or Solana or whatever, uh, but what as we see, uh, maybe it's just a feeling because uh, I, I'm new to the space, but I see like a lot of dApps trying to go cross chains. Like for example, Anchor now launched on Avalanche and they also have Terra, so it's uh, they are trying to do uh, the same proposition over multiple chains. So how do you see that compared to the value proposition you're offering? Because it's if all the dApps have value on every chain, then the value of Rune of, uh, of Torchain, the proposition of Torchain will be less, um, less perceptible, if I might say. I, I don't know if you got my point. So do you mean like because you're saying like if you can just natively use a dApp on whatever chain you're on, then you're saying that that would... Interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, I suppose that's a factor, at least a little bit, but I would say like the, the bull side is probably stronger, which is that, you know, Thorchain like allows these apps to go cross chain in a lot of cases, right? Like there's going to be 
so many, um, you know, potential integrations and, and stuff like that, uh, that I would imagine that largely outweighs that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Chad, do you have additional thoughts on that? Uh, hopefully people can hear me. Okay. Cause I don't, I don't know what I'm doing wrong here, but, um, yeah, like it's, <clears throat> even if you do the thing that you're suggesting, you still need something to be the mechanism to be able to communicate cross chain. Right. To like, we've talked about the idea of like somebody having a uh, Bitcoin wallet and then be able to stake into the Thor staking mechanism on Ethereum without ever actually owning uh, an OX address or Ethereum or even Thor tokens directly. And so you can actually like theoretically send in some Bitcoin. It acquires Thor token on your behalf and stakes it. And then when you want to unstake it later and swap it back to Bitcoin, you can without ever really touching anything else on any other chain. Uh, that could happen one day. Um, I'm not sure how useful it is, really, and how what kind of problem that really is solving, in a matter of speaking. Um, but um, at some level, when you want to communicate across chain, there needs some mechanism to do so. And in my opinion, Thorchain is the only one out there that offers that holistically. Uh, sorry, Chad, I still can't hear you. But anyway, thank you very much for the answer. I will refer back to the to the audio, to the recording. Cool. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Ahil. Hey, uh, yeah, I don't want to keep dwelling on my shit day too much longer. Um, but I'm just trying to, and I mean, like this was the the Thor wallet was on a, on a on a on a on like a warm wallet. I mean, it was it was a hot wallet, but it was a, it was a phone I, I I wiped out. I hadn't used for anything else. Um, and so I mean, I don't think uh like a, a keylogger was it. I don't think uh, a phishing link was it. Um, I, I'm just I'm, I'm trying to think like. Is it is it possible that 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 Thor that like Thor wallet keeps the key seed phrase and doesn't delete it? Or I know that we're moving towards decentralization. Like, is is it another possibility that you know like 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 node operators can change what's like change accounts on the blockchain? Because I I was holding native rune. I wasn't holding another asset. Um, and I mean, I, ideally, Chad T, if you could answer that, and and Chad B, if you answer, if you can just talk a little slower, that might help with the robot voice, just so I can I can get better insight as to different attack vectors. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, again, just like sorry to hear the situation. Um, I mean, on the security side, I feel like Chad B would definitely have better answers than me on that on that stuff. But I mean, I would imagine it's completely impossible to just like change uh balances stuff like that but um you know the thor wallet side uh you know i don't know like i think you really are gonna have to uh see if thor wallet support can can help you out on on that um but um yeah uh yeah i just don't really know uh too much else what i have to offer on that uh hopefully people can hear me okay i'll try to talk slower um Yeah, the then um, obviously the network doesn't allow people to just, you know, or, or node operators to be able to manipulate funds or manipulate transactions or anything like this. Uh, obviously, um, if that transaction exists, then it was cryptographically signed with your private key. So if you didn't give away your seed phrase, most likely, I'm just taking a stab in the dark here, is that uh, you may have you know, went to a, a phishing, you know, website and like put your, your key store in there with the password and gave up your information that way. I mean, 
yeah, that's my first guess or thought. So you were saying you only uh, could, you connected your Thor wallet with Wallet Connect, and that was a fresh seed phrase. Um, so I I I downloaded Thor Wallet. Um, I created a fresh seed phrase, and then the only interfaces I used, uh, I connected that Thor Wallet with, um, was uh, the Thor Chads to see like my ranking, um, and like I I confirmed that was the 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 official website, and then I was just doing swaps, um, within Thor Wallet, and I think once I once I transferred to my like my like my trust wallet and I, I transferred it back once trust wallet was taken down from app from, from the app store. Uh, but since then that's like, it's only been, I've only logged onto Thor chads and done swaps natively within the Thor wallet. Yeah. Um, hmm. I, uh, yeah, I'm just not too sure. I mean, uh, hopefully we can get somebody that uh, kind of knows more uh, blockchain forensics to kind of dig into the situation and, uh, try to try to sort that out. I definitely think again, like Thor, Thor wallet support in this case, since it sounds like you're almost entirely only using um, uh, Thor wallet. But yeah, again, sorry to hear, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know what else we couldn't kind of do at the moment. <laughs> um, yeah. So just the curiosity is, is there like security differences between, um, like, like are we relying on, on on the teams of Trust Wallet or the teams of? Thor wallet for security like how is the key phrase um created and then ensure that's deleted is there like a yeah i mean so that would depend on like the the service right i mean it should be generated like locally on the phone i would imagine thor wallet never has the uh you know doesn't directly it's not like they just like generate a seed phrase and like email it to you or whatever like it's should be generated on your own device and never leave it um and I definitely like, you know, it, it's just tough to say, like, I, I think we'll have to kind of talk to Thor wallet specifically on that. And I wouldn't want to, you know, say that possibly that is their fault or something. Like, I, I don't know, like most, like I haven't heard of any other case like that. So it seems very unlikely that it would be like a problem specifically. Um, but yeah, um, you know, I think like, you know, Hardware wallet is definitely always kind of like the most secure thing way to go. I mean, obviously, even then you could sign a malicious transaction. But in this case, yeah, it's just really tricky to uh, try to figure out. But um, yeah, again, sorry to hear. But yeah, I think we should just kind of continue this uh, offline and discord and support stuff like that. Yeah, I, I don't want to scare people off. Thorchain's Thor doing it's a great project. He's doing some great work. It's extremely important to the ecosystem. But um, yeah, apologies. Yeah. Uh, in, engage uh you've been you've been waiting a while you there hey hi guys um am i audible yeah you're good okay so you know i have a, like a basic question from the overall strategy perspective i know that we're focusing a lot on ruin and this call but when i look at utility tokens like you know extreme like governance tokens those are like erc20 right so are these projects are like being worked on silos like is there some sort of like holistic plan how you guys want to grow like op- the overall ecosystem because when i come from terra right so there's one terra address and everything works with one address right so how do we end up in this situation you know my question is really from the overall strategy perspective right so when i look into rune rune is a native token and like Thorswap is a erc20 token right so why that uh, yeah, 
Well, you know, Thorsop is ERC20 token and Xruin is ERC20 token. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are not really adopting the similar model of Terra ecosystem, right? As in when you guys are going to become the bigger <clears throat> player in this game, right? So I see that you guys are evolving this in the silos, right? So just trying to get some clarity on that. Yeah, so any any like project team, uh, like ecosystem project team can, can do whatever they want, right? Because Thor, ThorChain is kind of different than like a Terra or an Ethereum, which is kind of like an, a, a layer one smart contract. Uh, you know, yeah, there's, there's the synthetics and stuff like that, but there's no such thing as like, launching a ThorChain native token for like an external project uh, and probably won't be the case or even to build like smart contract apps on ThorChain itself. ThorChain more like sits between everything, right? Like you could have like, like, like you said, there, some of the projects are ERC20s, some of the projects are CW20s, they could be really anything and they could still be considered quote unquote ThorChain ecosystem projects because they're interacting with chain in some way they're using uh cross chain l1 liquidity through the liquidity pools in some way um but they're not like built on ThorChain um like natively or internally or however you see it but um you know it's really just up to these projects uh how they want to launch how they want to have their own token uh some choose erc20s i think a lot more will be choosing cw20s um or even anything else uh i mean even even bitcoin is is a player in, in ThorChain, right so it's just a bit of a different, um, a different organizational structure to kind of like comprehend than what we're used to, which is these like siloed things where everything kind of has to be built like on in the Cosmos world or in the Ethereum world or in the Terra world. Whereas like with ThorChain, it's uh, you could build for ThorChain from Ethereum, from Terra, from anything, and still uh, still be part of the ecosystem. Okay, makes sense. Thanks for sure. Uh, crypto, you've been waiting a while if you're there. Crypto with a bunch of numbers at the end, or maybe not. Uh, analytic. That, that guy is hey guys. Gary Gensler, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, uh, big fan of Fortune. Uh, so on Tor Swap, uh, one of the things I've noticed is I've been trying to uh, swap um, uh, BTC, uh, USDC or USDD for BTC. I'm I'm experiencing a lot of slippage. So under ten thousand dollars, I think the slippage is uh, ten thousand USDC. Say the slippage is like 03 percent. But if you go above twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars, it starts to ramp up quite rapidly. One percent, two percent, etc. I mean, how would you propose someone to swap a largish amount of BTC on the Thor Swap platform? Well, so it's going to depend on the the depth of each pool, right? Like, so you mentioned BTC, but then you mentioned uh, USDT and, and USDC. So, so BTC is the deepest pool uh, on on ThorChain. And if you're using ThorSwap, you're just you know uh, interacting with the, the the same ThorChain pools, right? Uh, but you can kind of see like the liquidity depth, uh, all of that sort of stats like on ThorSwap. So, so BTC is the deepest. So you should definitely be seeing the least slippage there though it's going to depend what you're swapping to or from or, or what whatever but um yeah so what I mean, would you recommend like so say if the idea is to get to btc eventually mm-hmm. what stable coin would you suggest swapping from right. um i mean if usdt i see usdt liquidity is about five million so it doesn't seem very deep uh, right maybe, maybe i should be looking at so uh, the 
BUSD pool, which seems to be like 40 million or so. Maybe. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. so currently, uh, currently the, your best bet for a stable uh, swap is BUSD. Uh, and that's, yeah, it's the deepest stable coin pool. People use it because it's cheap and fast. This is part of why we're really excited for Terra because, you know, a lot of us kind of suspect that UST will kind of take that, uh, yeah. take that spot. But right now it's been BUSD, uh, in my personal opinion, just only because it's the cheap and fast stable coin that's integrated. Uh, but so that's kind of your best bet as of right now. Um, the other thing is that, you know, the, like, like you mentioned, the, um, the, the fee is amplified based on how much you're disrupting the pool. So, uh, you know, while this might, you'd have to factor in gas if you're using a USDT or something like yeah. that. But if you're doing more small transactions, uh, that can actually, that could help you out. No, understood. You can split it up, I guess. Yeah. That's what you're saying. But uh, yeah, so even to buy one BTC, you'll have to split it up like four or five times. Um, but okay. But on the BUSD, I think that's, that's, that's a good choice, but it's a BEP2 token. So does that mean I'm, I guess I, it won't work. I've not used BUSD, but I assume that's not going to work from MetaMask, right? I'll have to take my USDC to Binance, convert it to BUSD into a BEP2 form and then bring it over to a core chain. Yeah, and then you have to factor in if that still makes sense with... Sorry, Cosmo, I'm going to mute. You've got some noise there. Um, you'd have to factor, factor in like the multiple transactions there, uh, you know, and make sure that's still kind of worthwhile for, for the savings. But um, yeah, so BEP2, you know, I, for me, I've, I use that with like XDeFi wallet, multi-chain wallet, it pretty works really nicely with Thor just because it has all, all chains. Um, and yeah, so you wouldn't be able to do that with MetaMask uh, because, yeah, just to note, this is Binance Chain, not Binance Smart Chain. So it's BEP2, not BEP20. Uh, okay. So that the, the addresses start in BNB, not 0x. And, um, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and you'll, you'll need a tiny bit of BNB uh, if you're doing a BUSD transaction because the gas for any BEP2 is in BNB. So you'll need like, you know, pennies of BNB in that wallet as well. Okay, and wh- where do you get BUSD? Is Binance? Is there? Um, it's not on a Dex, right? You'll have to go to Binance for that. Is that right? Um, you know, to be honest, I've never even used a, a Binance Dex. Uh, I'm not. Sh- I, it must be a thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, no, I Binance mean to say, I have to too. go to Binance's uh, centralized exchange for that. Not, not. I can't use. I can't get BUSD elsewhere. Can I? Mm. BUSD, BUSD, you can get on Binance dot com or binance.us depending upon if you're okay. American yeah. or not. Centralized. Or yeah. there's also a, a Binance Dex, which is binance.org. You you okay. can use the the trust wallet. So if you get the BEP20 version of BUSD, you can swap that in the trust wallet for a BEP2 version of BUSD. You okay. can also Great. use Thank the you. trust wallet for on Thor swap as well. So that's that's what I do if I want to go. Got there. it. Yeah. That's the only place no, I thanks. know uh, how to basically swap uh, BEP20 BUSD, which is pretty available, to BEP2 BUSD in a decentralized way. Okay. W- w- one other uh, quick question, guys, is um, so if I'm trying to connect, connect my ledger uh, on ThorSwap uh, and say I select the Binance chain, it connects all right, but uh, sorry, not Binance, I select the uh, Bitcoin chain, it connects to the ledger all right. But it chooses a wallet, uh, it chooses, say, say I have many Bitcoin wallets on my ledger device. It just picks one. It, I don't get the choice to pick the wallet I'm interested in. I mean, is there like a default wallet that 
ThorSwap automatically connects to. I don't know how it's picking the wallet out of many wallets I have on my ledger. But if I wanted to uh, ask ThorSwap to pick the one I'm interested in, maybe say I've created a new wallet, um, there's no way to specify that. Am I doing something wrong? Um, it might you might be able to do it through the index number when you're when you're connecting uh, uh -huh. the ledger directly. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the, the reason for that, and, and maybe Chad can correct me if I'm if I'm wrong here. It's but because of like how UTXO chains are working, you're kind of like always moving to a, a, another wallet, right? Whereas with Thorchain, like it has to be the same. It has to reuse an address because. It, like say you add liquidity, like you need to be able to pull out to that same address. So yeah, you're right. Like ThorSwap is like going to a default um, address each time to reuse that address. Um, whereas like you're like downstream on however many addresses. Um, but yeah, I believe the index number would allow you to, though I, um, to be honest, yeah, I, I'm not a total expert on that part, but. Yeah, so this is actually, it's not a requirement that it works the way that it works now. Um, what you're referring to and what sometimes you see on Ledger, which is a, a nice little feature, is something called hierarchically, uh, hierarchically deterministic wallets. <clears throat> and so what that basically means is that uh, whenever you have a, an, an address in, in crypto space, you always start with a private key, which is commonly you know, your 12-word or 24-word mark phrase. And then from that, you can generate what's called a pub key. And then from your pub key, you can generate a, a wallet address, right? But sometimes the way that you generate uh, the wallet address, can you can use a parameter. Uh, and so that's what they call hierarchical deterministic wallet. So a single private key could have access to, uh, I forget the actual limitation of how many theoretically you could have. I, I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head. But it's like hundreds of thousands of different Bitcoin addresses or BNB addresses or any any wallet, that, any um uh, chain if that matters. And so it's possible for ThorSwap or, or, or XDeFi to add the ability to do deterministic, hierarchically deterministic wallets so that you have multiple addresses and so that every time you do a swap, you're swapping to a BDC address that is a different BDC address every time but still going to the same private key in a matter of speaking, which is what you kind of already see that in, in the ledgers UI because it's a little bit more uh, advanced and mature than, than the uh, ThorChain wallets are at this, at this point. Okay. Thanks. I look, I missed a lot of that, but I'll uh, go back and listen to a recording. I think uh, it's a further issue. By the way, I mean, I, I wasn't sure this is a ledger issue, but if you use the XD5 wallet, yeah. you have to like turn on, on that prioritize um, option. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's like on the drop down hamburger menu, you prioritize it. And when you use prioritize it, uh, that one always gets selected until you unprioritize it. And okay. so just an FYI. So like if I prioritize it and then I go to door swap or whatever, right? It will always like, even if I choose MetaMask, it's going to choose XD by. So yeah, you would have to turn off the, the prioritize uh, option on the XD wallet for, for you to start using all the wallet again. Okay, great. Thanks. And, and, and one final thing, sorry guys, uh, just, uh, so for newly acquired rune on Binance, what is the best way to put it to use besides contributing it to a pool? Uh, because I'm, you know, I, I don't want to incur any impermanent loss, and I know there's protection over a period of time, but there is no single-sided staking. Is there anything to do with my rune that I may have acquired, say on Binance, and bringing it over to um, to ThorSwap? Can I do anything with it right now, other mm -hmm. than contributing to a two-sided pool? 
Uh, right. So, so first off, you, you, it sounds like you already know this, but if you have, just for people listening, if you have your rune on Binance or KuCoin, you have the BEP2 version. So yeah. you would have to first go through like the conversion process to get native rune, or sometimes people will take advantage of the arbitrage if BEP2 is trading higher. But um, yeah, once you kind of get your native rune, then um, yeah, there's really only two ways to put it to use. And for most users, one way, which is a two-sided liquidity pool. The only other way is, uh, the only way to earn single-sided is to be a node operator or now to, you know, pool with a small group of people to be a node operator. That requires a lot of rune, um, but that's single-sided, uh, you know, and there's only 101 nodes total. Uh, so quite competitive, but for, for most of us, uh, you know, the, the, the move is to do a two-sided LP. Um, but you're right. It, that doesn't mean you necessarily want to do asymmetrical because that's like a trading decision. That's like yeah, a decision yeah. to, to trade half. So the best move is to, at least personally, is to pair it with an asset that I already hold or I'm choosing to buy anyways, right? Like if, I, if I'm already holding Bitcoin and I'm already holding Rune, then it's kind of a no-brainer. Or if like really soon it's like, oh, you're already holding UST or you're having it an anchor earn, throw that with some rune. Now you have twice the principal earning. So um, yeah, that's kind of, that's that's basically the only option as of now. Way into the future, there will be you know the single sided savings vaults, uh, which won't have rune uh, at least in the V one. But eventually, there will be single sided options, uh, pretty likely. But there's no delegation with the Thor node operators, right? I mean, I assume most of us don't have that kind of rune. Uh, to be a node operator ourselves, but there is right. no way to pool with others or you know uh, delegate to someone. We, we, that's not an option, right? On, on mm. Torchain, not exactly. Yeah, not in the way you're you're thinking. Like not like on a Terra or something where you can just you know yeah. put in ten Luna or something like that. Right. Uh, but we were talking about actually just on today's like updates, like earlier in this space, uh, just in the last week, um, something came out to enable nodes to to pool with like a select group of trusted individuals it's like a way to do that but it's still it's trust-based you have to like know the node operator you have to um you know basically be trusting them and but like you know a small group of friends or something like that uh or or a business could you know put this together that has a reputation so there will there, there's stuff like that happening but yeah there's no um you know stake 100 rune to a node operator sort of thing so thank you cool also, uh, yeah, just saw a notice that uh, just enabled the churn. Uh, so that that's like the next up on the list for for Terra to go live. So chugging along looks like looks like it's happening. That's pretty exciting to see the the, the churn taking place uh, yeah. in four minutes or something like that. <laughs> cool. Let's go to DeFi Zealot. Hey, yeah, thanks a lot. Um, I, I guess uh, my question might be exactly timely. I've been uh, hearing about things going live in Luna uh, or the Terra blockchain um, in terms of uh, liquidity providing and stuff. So I'm a little new to Rune and I was just looking to come into it from either from the Cosmos side or from Luna. That's where, uh, you know, we're, we're lunatics over here. And um, can you just uh, quickly summarize for some new people here in terms of like what's the best way to bring in uh, like you know Luna and UST uh, and um, 
kind of stay around in this ecosystem, but on provide LP on on the ThorSwap um, ecosystem as well. Like I'm I'm looking to maximize Luna and Moon basically uh, as much as possible. Um, so. Uh, like I, 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 the only place I'm finding uh, Luna on the ThorSwap uh, site uh, app is just uh, for swapping between uh, between Luna to Rune, but I haven't seen anything else that we can do. Is it just because we're just waiting for things to go live? And uh, it would be awesome if you could give a summary of how we can stay within like Cosmos. Um, and then one uh, last question is that just around. Um, do you, uh, I, I know that uh, Thor's, I guess, um, the Rune Thor ecosystem is also on Cosmos somehow. And uh, is there any any plans of like connecting via IBC? Uh, yeah. So the, the first part, uh, you know, what can you do with Luna? Um, so, yeah, what you're seeing is basically just because <clears throat> this is rolling out like literally at this moment, like today, <clears throat> as we're recording. Friday, March 25th. <laughs> so by the time people are listening back to this in the future, it's probably already live and, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, right now it's literally just being rolled out. So at this very moment, you still can't do anything actually. But by very soon, within a matter of hours, um, you'll be able to, to swap with Luna. So that means you'll be able to swap from to or from you know Luna with any integrated asset. Uh, if you are coming from like only Terra and you're kind of like a Terra only uh, sort of person, then you can still use a you can use a Terra Station wallet to do that um, for the Terra side. But you'll still need like some other chain wallet for whatever else you're trying to do, right? If you're trying to swap from Luna into Rune, then you're going to need some sort of uh, Thorchain Rune wallet to to store that Rune and to use it for LPing. Um, you could just add from only Terra Station, like you could just dump your Luna into the Luna Rune pool. But you have to think of that as selling half of that Luna to buy, uh, to buy Rune. So that just might that might just factor into how you're making that decision. If you're already holding Rune, then um, you know, kind of like you were you were talking about, that's really the move is Luna Rune pool. You want more Luna, you want more Rune, you want exposure to both. Uh, for me, that's going to be like the way to go is pair those up together and and put them into the pool 50 50. Um, also, yeah, we talked about this earlier, but just for people popping in, uh, the UST pool will have to go through the normal churn in process, which means the the highest pending pool goes through on the next churn. So basically what that means for people is that Luna will be live today, but UST will be live in something like three days. Um, so everything we just said about like what you'll be able to do with Luna will also apply to UST. Um, and yeah, just as far as like what wallets you need and stuff like that, depends what you're trying to do, right? If you just want Rune, you'll need some kind of ThorChain wallet. If you have Bitcoin on a ledger, you could just input, you could either connect your ledger to receive Bitcoin, or you could just enter even a recipient address. So you don't even have to you could put you could put my address if you want. <laughs> so you really have all kinds of uh, options there. Then on the uh, Cosmos question, yeah, um, that's it. Sounds like that's one of the highest priority things. Um, kind of like th this Terra launch has been number one for a while, and um, 
I actually asked uh, Chad Bear for this at the beginning of this uh, space. If you, you could probably find it later, but we talked about it a bit. And basically, yeah, Rune will be IBC enabled. Um, what sounds like relatively soon. I mean, I don't know any exact timeline, but that's definitely one of the top things to to be in the pipeline. Uh, so then you could potentially see Rune out on osmosis pools and whatever else is going on uh, over there. But yeah, definitely coming. Cool. Thanks so much. So just quickly in summary, then um, just wait for the pools to come alive. Can bring in some Luna, get also a Thor, uh, Thor wallet and uh, supply Luna Thor for now for the next three days. And then UST will be available as well. Uh, got it. Thank you so much. Yep, for sure. And, and for wallets, uh, you know, you can you can go with XDeFi, Trust Wallet, Ledger, uh, the Thor Wallet mobile app. Um, yeah, those are probably like the the top ones, but quite a quite a list. That and that's just for Rune. You know, if you want to have just like Ethereum, for example, you can connect a MetaMask wallet. Like you really kind of always have a variety of options just on what what you're trying to do. Um, by the way, just for for everyone, real quick. Um, Chad B was saying he's he's focusing on the uh, on the churn and the the Terra update at the moment. So I think I'll just kind of take these last few questions that are up here. Uh, hopefully they're not questions directly uh, better for Chad B and stuff that I can handle. But uh, we'll just take like the last few speakers that are up and then and then probably wrap this up. Just uh, one quick follow up here. Uh, when when I'm providing Luna and uh, and Rune, for example, so. Where, where does the, uh, like for LPs, uh, what are you getting the APYs back in? Do you get to pick or uh, does it come back in Luna or Rune or what happens to that? Right. So your, your pool share is just always 50-50 at all times. Um, so that fluctuates based on the price action of the two, right? So the APY that you're seeing is sort of assuming that the asset, and this is for any LP, right? It's assuming that the assets track together or stay relatively flat. In reality, if one asset goes up or down, then you're left with more or less of one of the two assets. Um, so your, your APY can be, it's not like a fixed APY. And also the APY is just based on the actual activity of the pool. So how much swaps are coming through it. Um, as for just what you're earning in, it's just your pool share uh, basically accruing that value because those those fees and all of that are just going into the pool. So there's no um, there's no like claiming rewards or or restaking or needing to compound or claim or anything. It's just that your your pool share is hopefully over time redeemable for for more, right? So it's just in the same two assets that you had. Your exposure the whole time is the two assets. But when you withdraw, uh, assuming you added symmetrically, like you added Luna and Rune, you actually do have the option of how you want to withdraw. But I would just see that more of like a convenience feature or maybe some sort of uh, you know, tax strategy. For example, if you add from only Luna and then you withdraw only Luna, um, your, your exposure is always still the same 50-50. The impermanent loss protection is always the same 50-50. But you know, there could be like some personal strategies of why you might want to do that. But so, yeah, if you add Luna and Rune, you can withdraw 50-50 in the end, or you could withdraw straight to Luna or straight to Rune. But it would basically just be a swap on the way out. It's like it doesn't actually change the um, like the how the rewards worked all along. 
Excellent. Thank yeah. you so much. And I think the I think the biggest thing there for a lot of people that is new to LPing is that you have impermanent loss protection, one percent a day. So at the end of a hundred day, you basically have 50-50 the value of whatever the two token in the pool is that you um, you hold. So that's that's the to me that's a very cool thing. And I think that that is why, like, if you have the native rune and there's another asset that you like, like BTC or Luna or whatever, it makes completely sense just to, you know, just put it into that pool and you're good. You know, after 100 days, you're guaranteed no permanent loss. And, you know, the value of uh, the APY that you were after is, is there. So, yeah, totally. The, uh, you know, basically the protection is such that. If you had better, if you had been better off just holding the two assets straight outright, you're protected up to that value. So if you put in a hundred rune and ten luna, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to withdraw minimum ten luna and a hundred rune. But it, what it does mean is that it takes a snapshot of that hundred rune and ten luna, and then after a hundred days, you're going to withdraw at least the value of ten luna and or yeah, 10 Luna and 100 Rune. But by then, the prices could have fluctuated differently such that you're actually withdrawing different quantities of each, but you're not worse off than if you had just held that initial split from the beginning. That's that's kind of the, to me, the clearest way of thinking about it. Um, let's just, uh, so yeah, well, there's a few other people up here. Uh, whoever has not, whoever has something to ask, uh, just feel free to jump in. Hi, hi guys. Um, hey. So... You know, with the, I guess, the hype around Stargate and Zero Layer, um, I, I haven't really done a lot of looking into sort of understanding Thor chain. Because, uh, you know, my understanding is that it's also along the lines of multi-chain and unified liquidity. Um, I just wanted to understand from, from your perspective how it's how the underlying technology is actually different from what Layer Zero and, and Stargate are actually doing. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll give it a shot. And, and just to clarify, yeah, Ch Chad B, the core dev, uh, I, I think has probably stepped out now. Um, and I'm not a dev myself and not an expert on layer zero, but I'll, I'll do my best just from what I've heard and, and stuff. Um, you know, well, first off is that uh, layer zero does not, uh, I believe is only EVM, at least for now, <clears throat> and probably would never be something would include stuff like UTXO chains, like whereas Thorchain, um, Thorchain is just pure economic security model uh, can work with theoretically any chain. Uh, and that's kind of the cool thing, right? It's not just like limited to IBC or, EV or EVM or Polkadot or something like that. It can actually just integrate any chain. And like Thorchain has native Bitcoin, uh, native Ethereum, native Luna. Uh, there's never any wrapping. There's never any externalities like price oracles, uh, which is a big difference from something like layer zero where as far as i understand it's kind of like a messaging thing and then it's using price oracles um and stuff like that whereas a a key um feature or like uh, uh almost like a philosophical decision of, of thorchain is that it does not have any externalities like it just works off of these pure economic incentives which is why it takes a lot of uh collateral to secure it uh it's less efficient in that way but it's more like bulletproof in any scenario because um like no matter what the nodes are just 
bonding more value than the cross-chain assets that they're securing. So they're never, uh, they're, they're, they're always going to lose if they act dishonestly, basically. There's no way for them to collude and end up with more money than they had at stake uh, by having to bond all of that and not being able to have it be delegated uh, and whatnot. So, and then prices, you know, everything is set just by, again, pure economic incentives. It's just arbitrage, real L1 assets, um, you know, arbitragers are basically like a main use user of Thorchain uh, just to set the prices. Um, yeah, I think no externalities is, is a huge difference and just the ability to uh, take any chain. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of more of a ground up, like first principles approach to like, how do we solve the problem for all of crypto rather than just have like many different uh solutions that are kind of like all uh patched together okay and you you were saying that you use native tokens right so there's no such thing as sort of synthetics creating a synthetic or a wrap token to actually then bridge or swap across chains um is, is it does it all happen within sort of a single wrap transaction so yeah interesting distinction there because so thorchain does uh have a synthetics feature, but that's a newer thing that just allows for quicker arbitrage and, um, you know, uh, lower fee, higher frequency trading that it, those synthetics are backed by the native L1 pools. So for the core, like the core stuff we're talking about here, like just understanding Thorchain from the beginning is it's only native assets. Like there's no such thing as like, you know, bridging in and then being in the Thorchain world and then bridging out. It's like, it's, it's purely, L1 assets the entire time. So basically, the, the Thorchain nodes uh, control wallet addresses, native wallet addresses for all the various chains. Like they have Bitcoin wallet addresses, Terra wallet addresses, Binance wallet addresses, and so on. And basically, Thorchain is um, monitoring these real native wallets. Um, and then the nodes are, uh, again, they have more at stake than they have to lose by sec they're securing these cross-chain um, assets. So basically like Bitcoin comes into a native Bitcoin wallet that is controlled. So, so sorry, you as a swapper, like you say you want to send in Bitcoin and get out Ethereum. You're sending in real native Bitcoin to a real native Bitcoin wallet address that is controlled by Thorchain. And you're sending that Bitcoin in with a very specific set of instructions on what you expect to get out. And that um, every pool is paired with Rune which is kind of like what allows the cross-chain swaps on the back end. So your Bitcoin goes into the Bitcoin rune pool with a message saying, hey, I expect to get this much real ETH out of the ETH rune pool. And then that ETH is sent out to the address that you specified or, or connected. Uh, and then rune kind of moves on the back end and arbitrage happens. As a user, you don't need rune. You don't need a Thorchain address. Uh, you don't even need to know that it exists if it was abstracted away uh, through some kind of simplified application. But, you know, from your perspective, it's just real Bitcoin in, real ETH out. Um, on the back end, Rune is facilitating that. And the nodes are, uh, you know, controlling this, uh, this liquidity, this real native L1 liquidity by having to bond more Rune than they are, um, th than they, than they're controlling. Gotcha. So, so you're saying that there, then there's sort of no issue of fractured or fragmented liquidity then? across chains because it's all native right you're not having to say you know move i guess 
I guess if someone, for example, if someone had um, like a, a Luna token from Avalanche and, and then they wanted to move it to move it to another chain, for example, like how, how would that actually work in terms of thinking about the native tokens and, and how that worked across chains? Because I, I would understand BTC to, to ETH um, natively because they exist on their own chains as a native token. But how would that work theoretically from if I said Luna from Avalanche to, to somewhere else? So you mean if you had like a wrapped version of Luna on Avalanche? Yeah, exactly. So, um, well, that step to get back. Uh, so it's about it's about the native assets with what Thorchain at the core is doing, right? So this would allow you to go from like Avalanche isn't isn't integrated yet, by the way. But like in the future, you would just be able to swap native L1 Luna to native Avalanche. Um, something like the DEX aggregator features, which are kind of coming, would allow like multiple routing steps in a swap. So for example, in that case, you might be able to go from like Luna or you might go from Avalanche Luna to Avalanche to Luna in essentially one step uh, or to whatever you wanted, right? But um, yeah, Thorchain itself, like the core pools, you know, nothing is like, a, like it wouldn't deal in a wrapped asset because it would break the, like the economic security model. It just deals in like the native, the, the native assets. So the real Avalanche, the real Luna, but then you have DEX aggregators and stuff like that which would allow you to go from like any asset on the supported chain to um, to any other asset on the other supported chain. The core Thor chain part is kind of doing like the, the difficult thing that like generally hasn't been solved, which is like the L1 to L1. And then the the DEX aggregation can ha- kind of handle like the, the other steps, like an avalanche DEX or like a, a, a Terra DEX or whatever, right? Gotcha. So, so the way you guarantee finality then is through the use of Rune. Is that correct? As as an intermediary. Yeah. So the um, the the receiving swap just isn't sent out until the Thor nodes confirm that your inbound transaction is legit. Basically, so you know it's watching those actual vaults, and then only at that point is it uh, is it issuing the real L one transaction out. So meaning like time-wise, it totally does depend on those native chains. Like a Bitcoin to Ethereum swap is not instant. It's based on how long those chains uh, take and, and, you know, gas fees apply to to whatever chain chain you're using, Um, which is kind of ties back into the other thing you brought up, which is synthetics. So so ThorChain does have synthetics that are backed by the L1 pools. For example, like SynthBTC is backed by the uh rune btc pool with with native assets uh 50 50 right so and then there's there those synthetic uh assets are used for like a lot of bots are starting to use them this is a newer feature by the way um or just people that are more like day traders want to avoid gas want exposure to eth without eth gas want to trade into bitcoin without waiting 20 minutes um so that's kind of a way to trade like a thor chain native asset that is not a wrapped asset but it's collateralized by the underlying native assets. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And All I right. think one that, that was really helpful. Sorry, go ahead, Joey. Yeah, I was gonna say there is one thing because my brother asked me this other time, like how is Thorchain more secure than a bridge or a wrap asset? So basically, if you understand something like a wormhole, right? 
mm-hmm. if you hold, if you bridge a Ethereum from Ethereum over to Solana, you have these wormhole wrapped um, Ethereum token, you know, the Solana base in your wallet. But that the whole you don't really have an actual token, right? The the security no. is in the bridge, and so that's why once the bridge get hacked, you know, you screw. With Thor chains, once a swap happens, then you actually have a token. So like from there on, you know, there's no like security dependency on Thor chain at all. And for me, that's like the biggest difference, right? There's no uh, s- every wrap token that you own, the security is actually not your wallet, or whatever. The security is actually on the bridge. When you swap on Thorchain, once a swap is done, you know, there is no security tie, whatever, whatsoever to Thorchain, you know, your wallet, you know, that token is it. And so that's not your keys, not your coins, exactly. <laughs> hey, Chad, just one quick thing on Thorsynth. If you buy a Thorsynth, is it possible to swap a BTC Thorsynth into native BTC on Thorswap? Yeah, that's the that's exactly the idea. So technically, that would be called burning the synth. Uh, but the way it looks like in the user interface, it's exactly like a swap. So okay. when you're on ThorSwap now, uh, and this is only in the last like two weeks or so, but now when you kind of just look at the uh, like you just look at the assets, right? If you just like pull up the asset list, you'll see like a tab for synth, or you'll just see the most popular assets, and some will be labeled as synth. And basically, if you're swapping a native asset to a synth, that's technically a mint. And if you're swapping a synth to a native asset, that's technically a burn. But it looks like a swap. Like, it it, it behaves like a swap. The only difference there would be, um, you know, or not difference, but the only thing to note would be when you're minting and redeeming, like, there's a real L1 transaction happening there. So at that stage you know, there is potentially gas or or no. block times. That, that's why I asked, because if you're in a rush and trying to uh, get exposure, at least you mm-hmm. can transaction instead of waiting for the L1 transaction and then later right. on one transaction when the fees are low or, you know, when you have more time, et cetera. Exactly. So you could like, like let's say you like right now you wanted exposure to like Bitcoin or ETH or something. You could mint synthetic Bitcoin or synthetic ETH from actually any asset that's supported. So whatever you had or whatever was fast, you could mint it from Rune, you could mint it from BNB, or soon you could mint it from UST, or just from the actual native asset, just that's gonna, again, from ETH would have ETH gas, but then you could just very quickly and cheaply get into synthetic BTC or synthetic ETH, uh, you know, do whatever trading around or price exposure you were trying to do, and then uh, either you stay in the synth world and it's always one-to-one redeemable, or you're... um, or when you redeem uh, back out, you do that like at a time you choose or whatever, you're ready to do that. But then, yeah, if you were redeeming synth BTC to real BTC, then, you know, that's a real BTC transaction. So you'd have to wait for, for that. Um, yeah. Got it. Thanks. And, and I don't know if you already covered this, but I'm sure this might help others too. The process of converging a BEP2 rune from KuCoin or Binance to native rune um, could you just quickly summarize? Um, it's been a while since since I did that. Is that done on the exchange or is that done natively? Oh, sorry, is that done in the ThorSwap DEX? Yeah, there's actually, um, I'm trying to find uh, if I can quickly pin a video that I did for ThorSwap. Um, trying to find it. Well, if, if you, if you want to walk through, just go to ThorSwap Community YouTube or just search on YouTube like ThorSwap Dep2 Rune. 
Um, but there's a couple ways of doing it. Uh, one would be the, the standard upgrade, which is the easiest, but um, I'll explain in a second why you might not always want to do that. This is just a one-to-one upgrade. So basically you would send your Binance rune, uh, your BEP2 rune, whether that's KuCoin, Gates, Binance, uh, basically every exchange, um, you'd send that to a Binance wallet. So if you have like an XDeFi or Trust Wallet or even Ledger, uh, you're sending it to the BNB wallet, not the Binance smart chain, but the regular Binance chain BNB address. And you have your, your BEP2 rune there. You'll need a tiny bit of BNB for the upgrade fee just because you're sending a, a BNB transaction basically. So like pennies worth, but you need a tiny bit of BNB in the wallet. And then you just connect to ThorSwap uh, and it'll basically prompt you just to do the one-to-one upgrade into your ThorChain wallet. Or if you're using something like the Thor Wallet app, same thing, they like prompt you to do it. Uh, I think XDeFi is even maybe integrating that feature directly into the wallet or maybe already has or soon. Um, But that's how you would do the one-to-one. The other thing is that, uh, and this would obviously depend on your like, like tax implications or whatever, but the other option would be sometimes the Binance rune on exchange is selling, is, is trading higher than native. Um, this is eventually going to equalize, but, but because the ARB is kind of one way, uh, this sometimes happens. So in some cases, you might be better off to just sell the rune on the exchange, uh, get some other coin that is uh, integrated into ThorSwap, like BTC, though that's slow, or BNB, or soon... Uh, as of later today, like Luna, uh, and then use that to just do a swap on Thor Swap or XDeFi or Thor Wallet or DeFi Spot or whatever you're using. Got it. Um, and, and in that case, you might end up with more quantity of rune than you had. So, makes sense. Thanks. For sure. Yeah, and and to add that, right now you almost 100% of the time want to do the second step that Chad mentioned because the pep. Uh, two or BEP20 rune or, or the ER20 rune is always like 4 or 5% or not always but most of the time it's like 4% uh, higher yeah. than, the, than the native rune and so if you do a straight conversion you're going to lose like 4% it's rather you just sell for BNB and then, and then use door swap to swap it for native rune or something like that so yeah it's quite significant right now 929 on door swap and 973 on on uh, Binance. So yeah, I, I see that. Thanks. Yeah, it, it fluctuates. Um, so yeah, honestly, if you're in, this is just my personal opinion, if you're in the BEP2, like, take advantage of the ARB because at some point it's going to go away entirely. Uh, the only reason to hold it would be if you think the ARB is going to go up, which is possible. But, um, you know, otherwise you're just kind of leaving more rune on the table uh, that you could just be locking in a higher quantity of rune for the future when they are one-to-one. And eventually when BEP2 totally phases out and won't even matter, uh, you're just going to want the native anyways to actually use it, uh, you know, by using all these source chain apps or being able to go to liquidity pools uh, and all of that. So it's definitely the one to have. No, this is, this is just fantastic. To, I just know it's a four and a half percent difference right now. So thanks. Thanks for letting me know that. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. If it were me, I would probably just grab it. I mean, I've, I've seen it higher, but I feel like it's been trending towards equalizing lately. Even the other day, it was it was a one to one the other day for, for a bit. Um, so, you know, if it were me, I would probably just jump on it. But that's just that's just me. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I think that's as high as it gets is like four to five percent, whatever rune pumps. 
Yeah, like like a few weeks ago, it did go crazy. It was like twelve percent or something for like a brief really? period. Of, yeah, it was insane. Oh my god! I but that. um, that's pretty short lived, um, and I doubt it will happen again. That that I feel like that was just because suddenly people were looking at Rune, <laughs> like Rune had kind of been, uh, you know, suppressed and under the radar for a while, and suddenly there's just like a bunch of people were, uh, jumping in and uh you know like the the liquidity is is lower on central like most of the rune is native rune uh yeah like so long term like that's it, it's only one direction right like there's no um there's no going back which is also why that arb even exists because you can't just you can't take your native rune and one-to-one swap it to bep2 rune and sell it on binance like that that direction uh isn't possible which is why the arb even exists at all it's just because you know traders going to trade and all of that <laughs> and they just uh they just do their thing on the centralized exchange or bots or whatever and yeah cool well, I, I just want to add to that um one of the main reasons why uh because I, I get this question all the time especially when i'm making content is where do you buy room and you you guys even saw it with coin bureau a lot of people don't realize you can just buy rune on thor swap without even having rune that's why most people are buying it on the exchanges it's just easier <laughs> to do it, it really is i know yeah. it sounds it, it's crazy but it is but um another thing is some people um who actually use like kucoin lending or binance lending you can actually lend out your rune and get a yield on it i don't recommend um especially with like your whole entire bag uh because if you're doing that well not your keys not your crypto um, but it's a way you can get a yield on Thor uh, or on the rune uh, token. Like it, sometimes it'll be like 60% uh, APR or APY on a day. And sometimes it'll only be like 30. Yeah, dude, it's, it's juiced. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> it, that's the, the reason, the reason why is because the, the token, it's, it's really illiquid. So like when it's trading, like right now, right now, like I have someone KuCoin, it's like 60% APR. It's crazy. That's, <laughs> Uh, that's on KuCoin only, Drake? Yeah, someone just called me. Uh, someone you just called on me. Ku- I had no idea what you just said. Uh, I was asking uh, you if it's, yeah, on it's, Ku- on, it's on It's on KuCoin. Um, that, yeah, Binance, I, I used to use that in the old days. and We know how okay, that works. <laughs> they, they took all my tokens. Yeah, see, that, that's <laughs> why. Um, they they closed, not closed it down, but... Um, yeah, you, you know the gig. I'm in the U.S. I don't need to say <laughs> anything else. Yeah, that's a pretty interesting tip. I didn't realize that the rates like that on KuCoin could be that high. Maybe that's partially why. Um, partially, that, that probably contributes to the ARB itself, right? Like that probably creates some demand over over oh, there yeah. and, and whatnot. Yeah, and, but, and, yeah. And there's one other thing is like when the DEX was down um, for, I don't know, six, seven hours or something like that, uh, when uh, ThorChain was doing the upgrade, you could trade on KuCoin. But you can't do it on ThorSwap. Um, and I remember back yeah. in the hack, uh, they the chain was halted, so you were basically stuck in there. So it, it's basically just um, uh, opportunity costs, I guess you can say. Uh, so you just have more flexibility having both. Um, but uh, but obviously, eventually, when they do say bye bye, uh, like no more of these pegged <laughs> assets, well then I mean, dude, like it's over. Get off. <laughs> Get back onto ThorSwap. Yeah, and, and even by then too, they'll they'll probably have native rune on exchanges by then too. So oh, yeah. might still be the arb would go away, but maybe like their 
lending and leverage is you know still probably going to be a thing but yeah just to reiterate oh, like yeah, your first dude, point dude it's saucy right now 0.158 percent per day that's good well, that's not bad that's really good but um yeah just to, just reiterating your first point yeah because i think that's so like key to understanding thorchain and where like a lot of people like that coin bureau video uh I'm sure there's still a lot of confused people out there, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, it's just like, that's kind of the whole point of Thorchain, right? It's like, you like, oh, how do I, how do I get this asset on another chain? Like, if only there is like a way to do that. <laughs> and it's like, oh, the solution is the thing you're trying to get, um, which is also really cool. Because I think when somebody buys, like, like, let's say somebody takes Bitcoin and buys Rune for the first time, like, you're, you're, you're like tasting the product, you know what I mean? Which is really cool. And I think that's like a really good first uh, onboarding experience uh, to, to Thorchain because you just did a cross-chain swap and you're like, whoa, it worked. Uh, now I have Rune, I had Bitcoin on a completely other chain and I just did, I just used something that looked like SushiSwap except I just connected completely different blockchains, which is like really like the key value prop. So it's really cool to just like, uh, you know, get that first experience that way. Hey, so uh, I wanted to mention, we were talking about uh, Thor wallet earlier. Um, it looks like they do have an affiliate fee. That must be the fee that they charge you. It's a 10% fee. So it's pretty hefty. Um, and you think uh, Thor swap doesn't have that at all right now? Uh, there's that, that must be, there's no way it's 10%. I'm not sure what that 10% is referring yeah, to. Well, affiliate fee so i figured it was but i mean it's crazy i, I think i think uh, you're talking about tgt i'm pretty sure that's 10 percent of like the fee so like if it's uh, a third right. of a percent it's 10 percent of that third so it's like really tiny um, oh okay it's, maybe it's, it's, it's not it's not like no you're right it's not 10 percent. i'm sorry it's only yeah I'm yeah on my math <laughs> it's typically generally like these like it's kind of a rough standard like across the board it's usually yeah like a third of a percent yeah or something like it, that i think it's a percent because I, I it was exactly um i traded 2390 whatever and it was uh uh 2300 bucks and it was a 23 something dollar fee so just keep in mind that like what we're talking about with the affiliate fee is separate from just like the actual pool using fee, like the slippage and the gas fees, like the affiliate fee is just the platform fee, uh, right. which, which like, so, so the, the, the core like Thor chain fees are going to be the same on any platform, but then, you know, one platform. No, can, I understand that. Yeah. Right. I'll send right, you a yeah. screenshot of what I got. It's uh you know, that way you can let me know. I'll, I'll just sure. DM it to you or something. Um, the other thing I want to know in two weeks, man, are we going to do a live show in Miami or something? I don't know. <laughs> I think you were talking to Chad B about that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to know if you guys are coming to Miami. Cause, uh, I think, I don't know how many people here are going to come to Miami, but, uh, it's going to be a great time. And I, I, I'm sure anybody that's into Thorchain, which is everybody wants to have some sort of meetup. Yeah. I might be going to Miami and I can uh, help facilitate that on my channel if you guys need. Nice. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. If, I don't, we'll see. I'll see if, uh, so much. I'll be in Miami. Uh, sorry. I've just been off and uh, working on some things, but, uh, I'll, I'll be in Miami, uh, for the conference, uh, coming okay, up. Okay, cool. So, so maybe good, if we can we'll work together to schedule, figure out something. We can yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. Together. Yeah. All right. Well, appreciate it guys. And, uh, we'll see you in Miami in, uh, in two weeks and 
um, enjoy some of the sunshine and get out of this cold weather. I don't know where you guys are at, but I'm in Montana. I'm freezing my ass off. So cool. Um, does anyone else up here have like a last burning question, or maybe we'll just wrap up? We're past three hours. Yes, uh, I I have a question. Uh, good to be good to be back here. Had to leave for a little bit, but I've just been listening in. Uh, so what? to ask uh, another thing i kind of was in and out on in uh in yesterday's call i wanted to learn a little bit more about uh lending and borrowing uh the thorify so everyone seems to be calling it and uh because i i'm i'm a bit of a DeFi degen and i'm trying to also innovate on my strategies a little bit play around with uh some of the pools that you all offer um, and also I keep like going like spastically back and forth on my computer, just like, Oh, just wanting to know when this is gonna, when, uh, Luna and UST are going to be on there. I'm so excited. Anyways, I was, I was just hoping you could educate, uh, and you might've already spoken about this already. Uh, I'm sorry about that. I was just gone for a bit. Yeah, no, no worries. Um, so it sounds like, I mean, so on the Luna UST stuff, first off, uh, Luna is going live today, um, at some point in the next handful of hours or whatever. Uh, so people will be able to start swapping Luna to and from any other asset that's integrated Bitcoin, BNB, ERC twenties, you know, all of that. The UST pool is next behind that just because one pool turns at a time. So, uh, Luna is going in and then UST will be the highest pending pool, which means it'll turn in on the next turn. So probably about three days. Um, as for like Thorfi, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you have any specific question, but, uh, you know, just to kind of note broadly, uh, the Thorfi stuff is super exciting. I can hardly sleep at night thinking about Thorfi, but it's also important to note that this stuff is like further out, right? Like months. Uh, so, you know, but just so nobody gets too ahead of themselves, like it's... Uh, we're definitely thinking months in the future with this and the design is just kind of being, um, you know, like this is kind of the phase for every, anyone to like point out any concerns with the design stuff like that. But long-term, I think Thorfi is going to be like absolutely killer in DeFi. Like if it pulls it off, it'll just be insane. No liquidation loans, uh, you know, starting at effectively a hundred percent LTV, um, fixed rate savings on assets like BTC, Luna. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any like particular part of it you were uh, curious about? Yeah. Uh, so you just kind of picked up on some of that, uh, on some of the things I was curious about. Like, how how are you guys able to do no, no liquidation loans? Or, or at least in theory, I know this is months out. Uh, so I don't know if this is, I, I, I assume that the plan is, is on paper. And you guys are are building it slowly but surely, uh, and and how are you guys able to also offer a hundred percent on that? I mean, just the possibilities of that I'm I'm thinking of are just nuts here. Like I could lend I could lend out an asset, get a hundred percent of that value, and then go short that asset, so I can still maintain exposure and still profit if the asset falls in price you know, without any, any worries whatsoever. I know that's a pretty basic strategy, but you know, it's just stuff like that. I think is crazy, you know, and, mm -hmm. and 
I don't know. I, I'm losing sleep thinking about it as well. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's definitely wild. Um, the first thing to clarify, I can go deeper on this in a second, but it starts at 100% collateralization ratio, technically just above, uh, and it does scale up uh, with usage. So the the CR is basically set by how much of the total pool depth is collateral uh, versus just regular LP. So you won't be able to just 100% loop until you have a trillion dollars in your wallet. Uh, you know, once the utilization of the loans goes up, uh, the the LTV goes down as that scales or CR goes up. I never know which way to say it. It's basically the inverse, right? So LTV goes down or CR goes up as you're, as there's more uh, lending taking place. Um, the uh, the no liquidation thing comes from, and, and I'm still getting my head around this too, by the way, like I... I'm not the one that designed it. I'm just reading it as well. The docs did just come out though. So anyone can find it. Uh, Thorchain has tweeted it out recently. Um, or even just, I think you should just be able to search like Thorfi, uh, Thorfi economic design uh, doc, something like that. You'll find it. Um, but basically the concept of no liquidation comes from the fact that uh, the, like the core, like the, the, the core goal of the protocol, like, is to attract liquidity, right? And the collateral for these loans uh, is the LP units. So basically, if the if the protocol the protocol is the lender, and then if the protocol is quote like underwater, it just holds on to that liquidity. And through the design of like the balance between uh, lending and savers, that creates a net deflationary pressure on Rune. So by, uh, by creating this demand for collateral, which is LP, that deepens the pool, which puts buy pressure on the rune side in the pool, which uh, causes the security, the, the bonded rune of the network to increase as well, which allows for more liquidity to come in. Deeper liquidity also feeds like the traditional liquidity black hole of Thorchain, right? The more liquidity, the better swaps. The more people use the swaps, the more APY, the more liquidity. So the 3x TVL still applies to that to that collateral. Uh, and then so, so Rune has kind of already benefited on that side when it takes in collateral. And then on the other side, it's creating a net burn on Rune by creating demand on the savings side. So it's it, by doing all of that, the protocol is basically already won uh, by the time the loan is initiated. Uh, does that makes sense i mean i'm glad this is recorded i'm definitely gonna have to listen to that a few more times but uh but i just think the whole thing is unbelievable like i i can't imagine anyone on this call like uh being uh being worried i i just very much appreciate what your team is doing and and what you guys are are accomplishing you know it, it is extremely important and um you know just ha happy to be here on the ride <laughs> well, just, just uh, to put it a different way than, than Chad threw up, can you guys hear me okay? Is my voice all robot-like, or, or is it clear? Uh, not sure if anyone could hear that, but, but definitely that cut out for me, Chad. God damn it. Another time, another time. Yeah, uh, I think that's a good spot to just wrap up. Just uh, listen to Chad. Uh, on on Thorfi on oh wait Pluto's actually requesting let's get Pluto up and then we'll wrap connecting uh, freaking Twitter Spaces 
connecting, connecting, connecting. Twitter is really rugging us today. I couldn't hear a word Chad was saying, like, basically the whole time. Okay, it seems like Pluto's request, like, failed or something. Let's see if he tries again real quick, or else we'll just uh, cut it there. All right, guess not. <laughs> we'll call it there, but this is, yeah, thanks for tuning in for another marathon of uh, Sorify season. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Just uh, exciting times to see Terra launching today, and uh, so everyone, you know, go use it, go go uh, go test it out, uh, get some liquidity in there, get some swaps going later today, and then UST soon, and then uh, yeah, go check out that Thorfi doc too, and start poking holes in that if you can. But yeah, thanks to everyone for coming. Uh, we do these every every Friday, twelve Eastern, uh, weekly update with the devs and uh, open Q and A. And then uh, these are recorded as well. So you can just go back to the space and listen through all that or they're, gonna, or they're published permanently on RuneBase podcast. So yeah, thanks for, thanks for coming and see you next time. Thank you.